Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast. The podcast about the beautiful club within the beautiful game. It's our second one in a row in the Gladstone. It's the same night, coincidentally. Who would have known? And this one is our transfer special. We are sitting here on Wednesday evening talking about all that's gone before, all that's gone on today, and all that might go on in the next 24 hours or so. I will update this, or possibly we will update this, Peter, won't we, on around about Thursday, Friday time, if and when any spectacular new signings have befallen the club. Uh, if any at all. Um, so, how are you feeling? As we I've got two, two comments on that. I'm worried that any of these transfers befall on the Albion. I mean, that sounds like it's quite ominous <laughs> rather than actually being a good thing. And uh, <laughs> all the good things happen, all the stuff that happened today won't take very long. So far, yes. there's been a lot of rumour, a there's lot of random... About a, signing, some a lot of suggestions. Seems to be a joke online. A lot of suggestions of, uh, hmm. you know, we might get a Chilean because our Argentinian youngster was like, the clubs changed their mind. And yeah. nothing's actually happened, so mm. it looks like we're going down to the, to the end again for the last day. And do we sign Billy Gilmore? Do we sign a striker? Do we sign you or me? You know, is it, is it the chance, you know, for us? If they're looking for numbers, yeah, and they're willing to pay. We, we can have a number. Premier League prices. I'm willing to go for it. Just um, before before we go any further, I'm off, I'm willing, I'm actually available on Friday as well. So once the window's closed, <laughs> I haven't got a club currently. That's right. So you're available uh, on. My Friday. agent told me I should accept nothing less than fifty grand a week. So. No. Is, is that me? I'm the agent, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. getting like 50% of my money. <laughs> I mean, well. to be fair, you can give me 50 grand a week, I'd give, give you 50% of that, to be honest. We could represent each other, couldn't we, Peter? Yeah. I think it'd be good, a good deal. Mm. Well, I've moved on to the 10% beers. This is going to go well, isn't it? Um, it's, it's probably not the ideal diet to have before a Premier League move. <laughs> Old school, 70. I'm hoping Billy Gilmore's not drinking that tonight and his face will potentially be to us tomorrow. <laughs> well, we have been linked with him, and we've Billy Gilmore. Yeah. And if Phil, that could, could be interesting, actually. I think if we did go for him, uh, he's one of those guys whose career's stalled, 
he's kind of well known so it's not the type we'd normally go for but I think the fact his career stalled he's gone under the radar off the radar yeah. a little bit um, he was on loan at Norwich and they didn't really play him and it just didn't work out at all for them and they, they were struggling anyway maybe I think struggling's understatement a little bit yeah Graham Potter and him that could be the match made in heaven it could be I think it could be really good and I, yeah he obviously has a, a lot you know, he's obviously really high regard at Chelsea Teachers come in, he's not necessarily feels the same for whatever reason. Yeah. There was some comment last night, allegedly, that he said there were no other options when they were losing to Hampton when he was on the, was on the bench. So, mm. Jesse's yeah. not that in, in his thoughts. So, I think it could be, it, it's an interesting move ahead as well, given there's a fair chance at some point over the next year or two, we'll be where we'll lose Casado. Yeah. The idea of Gilmore being around the team till then and maybe coming through Kozlowski as well as they've gone on loan, have been on loan this season. So, there's, you know, there's the future proofing already, hopefully, in place because, I mean, it's not even. I wouldn't even rule out if he carries on this form and then does one in the World Cup, especially against England if they get through and play England in the second round. That Casado could be gone in January. I mean, he, he's that good. The yeah. issue at the moment is that no one's going to pay the money that we want yeah. it, after 12 games Premier League or 13 in Premier League. But if he carries on for half a season or a, a whole season and has a good World Cup, yeah. then... And then might pay the money, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I maintain there's actually no He's chance. worth the money. There's no chance he's going. No, he's no chance he's going no tomorrow, chance. no. Yeah. But um, who we get in? Billy Gilmore's an interesting one. I actually like the idea of that. Yeah. But um, I don't think it'll be that big a fee. I think it'll be like, you know, 10 million in short sale, which... Yeah, which it, it sounds ridiculous to say yeah. it's not having a fee, but compared to what there's we... there's no buyback bullshit. I don't think there will be, because I don't yeah. think we'll I'd rather pay a bit more and yeah. not have that. Yeah. And they probably would cut their losses to some degree, wouldn't they, Chelsea, at this stage? Well, they, he seems to have quite a way off their midfield at the moment, and they've yeah, got to come through. Yeah, you said, two said that we haven't got any other options. Yeah. He's fully fit and ready to go, and he's not yeah. being considered He was on the bench, option. and they didn't even suggest him as an option to come on. Yeah, that's like, so... That's pretty harsh, isn't yeah. it, actually, to be honest. It's hardly going to improve his morale, so if we can get him, I'd be quite... And a striker, I'd be very happy to Generally, yeah, striker definitely Ben Barrett and Diaz or other. I'd be happy with um, with somebody who Barrow is it seems from Bologna seems to be the uh, yeah, what's what's the deal with him? Barrow doesn't sound very Italian, so I'm assuming he's not an Italian player. He's Gambian, I think, originally, yeah, like I thought so, thought he might be because he's got more of an exotic first name, so yeah, okay, well, he, he could be interesting. Yeah, it would be better if he was called Bob Barrow, that would be quite good, <laughs> or Will Barrow, moving quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would be interesting. Um, who knows? I don't know anything about him. Buenanotte, apparently, they, they, this seems to have gone this, uh, dead in the water. South Americans screwing around with prices, we're here in my opinion. Yeah, the, the one issue from their point of view is that he, they're suggesting they're offering a new deal, but it's that from the quote I read from his agent was that he's very unhappy. And yeah. So. Could he engineer uh, a move? Yeah, well, exactly. And I wonder if we offer him a longer. They offer, we offer them back on loan longer, mm. offer a year and a bit on loan there, or. Mm. A little bit more money or a bigger, a slightly bigger sell on. Who knows? But yeah, at the moment it seems anyway. But it's not a, d- a deal that dies on Friday as well because he was never going to come to us yeah. this window anyway. So we can mm. we can still be in discussion with them if he refuses to it's sign. Seventeen-year-old prospect, isn't it? Yeah. Impressive. So, so, we, so it's, it's one that will stay open even without the window being open because we were never looking to have him come over here at this point. So. Yeah. This window, we've had the curiosity of the Colwell deal, where we've brought in Aloni, which is not our usual policy yeah. nowadays, developing other people's players, unless there's some deal behind the scenes. And it seems as if it facilitated or helped oil the wheels for the, uh, for the move for Kukurea. Um We're not paying a loan fee for him, apparently. Other clubs, and there were a number of them in for him, would have had to have paid a loan fee and the wages. And I think we've got a good deal as it stands but ultimately we are still developing yeah. another club's player unless there's 
some uh, meat on the bone there in terms of getting a, a deal over the line. I don't know if there's any agreements in place, but we haven't seen much of him, so it's a bit hard to say. But would you be satisfied if, for example, we um, step things up and try to buy him, either in this window or later on down the line? I, mean, I don't think it'll be this window, otherwise there'll be no point in, no logic to him doing that. But I mean, yeah. Fisher doesn't seem that keen on playing certain you know, players who are young players and that sort of thing. He, well, maybe very he doesn't much like that notion of like Mourinho, yeah. Players, yeah. He, well, his own players, but... Um, no, I mean, sorry, um, Potter, sorry. Hmm. You're talking about... Uh, about Tuchel, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, Tuchel doesn't seem that keen on bringing through young players. He seems very much keen on bringing playing players like Thiago Silva, who is obviously about 103 or something, isn't he, or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I thought... Colwell did well when he came on that weekend I thought he to leave he did it looked decent and given the reputation that he came from Huddersfield on and he, he looked good mm. I would have said been very happy if we signed Huddersfield player who was that yeah. level and as you said several people were in for him on loan yeah. he looked good at Forest well, I hope it's almost well. in a way that they can he, that you know he likes it here and wants to stay and mm. he just, Chelsea aren't going to give him a future so he only wants to come to us that's our, yeah. our hope I think we could do it refreshing our defence I mean I mean, Van Heck is another one I really would like to see us like, keep on because at the moment we've got, you know, Duncan Beltman are both, you know, in their 30s already. You know, Webster, I think, was the, yeah, should be the defender who stays for a while. It's like the one who's like, who leads the team, becomes yeah. captain, I think, once done, maybe but isn't so much. Yeah. Yeah, so regular. But I think, yeah, Duncan and Beltman are eventually going to, like, you know, make a couple of years' time. But mm. we need someone between, like, the really young players like Turns and people like that mm. who, who are going to, like, kind of, you know, bridge the gap and, yeah. Whether yeah. it's signing someone or whether it's bringing, yeah, keeping Colbert, uh, Colwell, not Colbert, mm. he's different, um, <laughs> or or bringing through Van Hecker or whatever. Yeah. You need something in the middle. And, and are, are you subscribing to the notion that we need another defender anyway? On top of that, uh, either a fullback or centre back or a flexible player that could play in more than one role. It, I'm I'm on the on the wall. I was definitely struggling for that once it looked like Van Hecker was going on loan, mm. no question. At the moment. They seem to get your by with March and Lamptey between them, mainly March and then Lamptey coming on mm. a right wing back, and they've got a super one left back wing back, and they've got the options of Trossard's been there, yeah. and they've got the option. That, yeah, March can move yeah. on to the left mm. as well. So if Colwell and Van Heffer are options, I think they can probably just about get away with it. I'd probably rather they have one more actual option, but mm. yeah, I think March has probably got himself to the point where he can't be picked outside of wing back though. His, distrib- his final third contribution in terms of goals, especially, is yeah. not enough to be picked in the front front three or four, which is what he used to be in. It's been too so. poor for too long, hasn't it? Yeah, now? I think it's got. To you can get away with it as wing back. He's only, you know, he's got Graham Potter coaching him for a period of time now. It's not as if there's any more to come yeah. from him. I think we've got to resign ourselves to the fact he is what we are seeing. G- given he's, he's a good yeah. squad player, he can do certain things within the squad. But his end product as is going to let As him a down. wing back, you can get away with that, I think. There's, like, there's an argument. Yeah. He's decent defensively. If we started like, we started playing other players at wing back and played him further forward, I think we'd. Yeah. That, we'd that then becomes a position yeah. you're looking to strengthen. Yeah. Well, especially change. considering that Welbeck's not really getting any chances, so you need him midfield and around him to score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then he's mm-hmm. not going to do that. So yeah. I, I think we have to. He's, he is a wing back now, there's no question about it. Yeah. Or even a left back last night. We were right back in the, in yeah. the end. Left back wasn't in the end. Yeah. Um, he's not. Yeah, he's not an attacking player. Yeah, because he doesn't. Yeah, the, the contribution in the final third becomes more of an issue in that situation. It still would should be better, really. I think from even from wing back. 
yeah. the chances he had the last two games before this, before yesterday. Mm. I don't actually blame him for the, sh- the header at Fulham, but the the, the one on one at um, against Leeds and the and the chance at the header at West Ham were both guilt edge chances and should have been taken. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. not take either of them as well. It's an anomaly. As somebody said, I think it was Robin said on on our WhatsApp group. He's a, he's one of the most frustrating players because you could see all the talent there. He looks at the part, doesn't he? On the ball, he, doesn't he looks, believe it. I don't, think. I don't think he believes it. Yeah, I think you're right. You never, I never thought he was going to score against Leeds when he went through. He never looked like he was like Trossard against West. I know Trossard had one or two chances against Leeds as well, but Trossard against West Ham looked like he believed he was going to score from the moment he went through. Yeah, I mean, and so did we. Yeah, and it does correlate, doesn't it? Yeah. West March never looked like he was that happy against. He yeah. wasn't sure whether to go try and go round the keeper or to try and kick it, kick it, you know, chip it over him or. Yeah, sort it round him, whatever. He wasn't that sure, and, and in fairness, um, Melier did well, hmm. but he gave. I think his final touch was it enough ahead that then Melier had a chance to come out nearer hmm. to him. Yeah. It was too far ahead of him. Yeah, if he kept it more under control, he'd probably had more chance to like dink it over him, whatever. Or any more um, defense? Uh, any more um, signings? You think we need to make beyond? Let, let's say we get a striker. Let's say we get some kind of defensive power. And maybe we go for Billy Gilmore for the future. Well, I don't. I don't think there'll be a defender tomorrow. I think no. Is, is there anything beyond that though? That you would, I mean, in an ideal world, we'd have another goalkeeper, possibly a second goalkeeper, yeah. ahead of ahead yeah. of um, ahead of um, Steele potentially, yeah. um, to challenge Sanchez because you know he has moments. Last night he had a, a moment where <laughs> he almost absolutely gifted a goal. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so what's that? And I, I would, you know, in a way, someone having actually challenging him, and hopefully, longer term, the plan is that you know one of Sherpen or Rushworth or both yeah. will really challenge him, or Sanchez moves on. They've got those two coming through. Yeah, probably Rushworth at the moment. Yeah, it seems to be the I one. Saw who last weekend, he saved one with his face. So I don't think yeah. he knew much about it, uh, but he stood strong and it went. Yeah, he seems to be the one who. I mean, yeah. Sherpen, you begin to wonder why we signed him. Really, he's like. Yeah. We've loaned him to a team who are terrible in Holland from the sound of it. Vitesse Arnhem, no, uh, Vitesse Arnhem are having yeah. a dreadful start to the season. You, yeah. And I understand, I mean, obviously it didn't do Casado much harm, but as a goalkeeper, you don't want to be kind of like conceding threes and fours every week. Mm. It might be good that you get, you make more saves, but also it's not going to be good for your confidence to suddenly concede that many goals. Yeah. So you wonder why, mm. whether we've given up almost on him already or something. Yeah. Or, I, I'm, I'm hoping Rushworth will do all right. At Lincoln as the other option to to Sherpen. Yeah. Um I conceded. I think it was two or three of the weekend. Was it um, one of the games recently? Um, yeah, against Peterborough. And um, I think he's still learning. One of the goals he conceded, I thought we could have done better with. But yeah, as a guy, we'll let him get out, let make his mistakes. Ben White did that as well, didn't Sanchez, he? Sanchez, I bet he did that. Sanchez, yeah, still does. Actually, mm. we didn't mention the Fulham game. He did make one massive cock up, didn't he, Sanchez, which nearly led to a goal, which was right after Bobby we went or somebody just clipped. No, uh, Cabano, wasn't it? Cabano, yeah, clipped right it. after we went, yeah, two yeah. one. That two, got back yeah. to two one, and we would have been like three one straight away. Yeah, that could have killed us at the wrong. I moment. mean, I, I mistake is probably the right word, but then. I think it did spin an awful loss, and it was quite a. He's trying to pad it yeah, out two-handed, or maybe quicker. It was, it was quite it an awkward ball because it, it kind of deflected off one of our. Was it, it was on a defending from our side, yeah. and kind of spun quite a lot, and so it was a quite difficult one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, it would have been down. It's not a good. Sanchez is, I think, in a lot of ways, is is a brilliant goalkeeper, and he will go on to become Spain's number one at some point. I'm pretty confident. Mm. 
but he still has even at, yeah at his age and keepers like mature even you know later than professional footballers you know he's 24 keepers pretty much mature to their their best mm. to like 32 yeah sort of thing so he he's been he's been superb for us since he's come in generally and you know I was a big fan of Matty Ryan but, but Sanchez has been so much better in a lot of ways like so much more dominating in the box and so much yeah he's a really good shot off as well his, his distribution is fantastic I, I know people brilliant. moan about it but mm-hmm. two of those two, those two of those, those two goals for example last year at Liverpool and at home to Man U came from incredible kicks from him and he's and he yes his yeah. clearances are, are really good and yeah he was it was it him that um, started the move uh, Forest Green right? No, no, that was um, no, I'm mixing that yeah. yeah, that would have been steel, wouldn't it? Um, one of the one, was that man you one where, where, where it was offside? Was that from him as oh, well? Oh, that might be one. Thing yeah, yeah the one be. where he was wrongly called offside would have been through. Yeah, yeah, came from yeah. him, I think, pretty yeah. much. But he's a he's a really good first line of our, you know, in terms of passing, he's a really good defender, yeah. uh, keeper, mm. and he's, his positioning's really good. I think generally, mm. so yeah, he, he makes the odd error, but yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. He's a, he's a brilliant keeper, but I think it would be great. I mean, it's never great to have a second keeper rather than a two keepers. Yeah. And I understand that no keeper who's that good probably going to want to come to Brighton as a second keeper, but you should then be able to, you know, if it did come to it, you know, what happens if Sanchez is again, you know, you come back to, you know, someday against Leicester, we've not signed anyone else. What, what are the positions that you really worry about if someone ends up out for the whole of the rest of the transfer window? Probably Sanchez and Sanchez. Welbeck. Sanchez, Welbeck. And Casado, I would say. Not, not so, so much Casado. You can cover Casado more. Although they would do a job there, people would do I a think job. It would get thinner, but yeah, the main, the main ones We are wouldn't be as good then. Sanchez and Welbeck. But any of your first team players don't get injured, you wouldn't be as good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are the two who are. The, yeah. Hopefully, we will, we'll, we will cover Sanchez tomorrow and cover Welbeck tomorrow. We won't cover Sanchez because there's no, no way. Well, one, one place that has been weakened, at least for now, until he gets into his stride more, is, is uh, the left-back with Estupinani is coming in. Uh, Mark Kikorea went out. Now, he's the most expensive right-back in history. Sorry, the most expensive left-back in history. Um, he's number eight now on the list of most expensive defenders of all time, Peter, because, of course, Slabhead himself, or Crabface, as my wife calls him, Harry Maguire, is still the most expensive at 80 million. Uh, Van Dijk is at 75. Now, Fafana, Wesley Fafana, has now signed, finally, for Chelsea from Leicester, after being sitting around on the sidelines and clearly not wanting to play anymore. Um, he's in at about the same price as Van Dijk. Fourth on the list, Matthias Delict who went from Juve to Bayern Munich, 68 mil. They were, they were delisted about that. Yeah, they were, yes, indeed. Very nice. Please leave the room now. <laughs> After that joke, right. <laughs> uh, Lu- Lucas Hernandez went from Atletico to Bayern Munich for 68 mil. Uh, Matthias De Ligt, again, 67 mil from Ajax to Juventus, interestingly. So either there's two Mat- Matthias De Ligt. No, it's the same. You went this summer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just building it up. Uh, Ruben Diaz. Double Ruben Diaz. Man City were willing to spend money on defenders back then. They spent 65 million on him. Uh, they didn't want to spend anywhere near that on Mark Kukarea. So he ended up going for the proper price of about 63 million. It says 62 million on this info, but that's wrong. 55 rising to 63, I reckon. Um, and then you've got... Amrik Laporte, 57 mil. Sandro Martinez, the shortest centre-back in history, uh, 55 mil. 
And a certain Mr. Ben White, who's just dropped out of our top ten, thanks to the uh, Fafana signing, uh, was 50 million Brighton to Arsenal. When Arsenal said, let's go for this price, and we said no, 50 million. They went for a new price, we said no, 50 million. That went on for about 15 to 20 hours, and eventually they, they come to the exact price we told them. Only 15 to 20 years, I think, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, and, and Leeds developed them anyway, so what, what the hell. So They also um, got like about 25 in that and, <laughs> in a, in a payoff, you know. So, so in a very convoluted way, what I'm saying is Mark Kukure has gone out to Chelsea... Uh, he's one of a very large number of Albion players who have left the club this summer. Na- uh, well, namely, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I've got 18 players listed here, and I think it's, it's out of date by one or two. This has Mark Kukurea to Chelsea, Yves Basuma to Tottenham, as we all know, Leo Ostergaard to Napoli, Shane Duffy to Fulham, that's the loan, but it's, you know, he's out of contract, isn't he, afterwards? We've talked about Kiel Scherpen, who's gone to Vitesse Arnhem on loan. Simon Adingra, who we signed in, has gone straight out to Union Saint- Royal Union Saint-Gilloise in Belgium. Aaron Connolly has gone to the discerning Italian culture capital of Venezia. Andy Zakiri, out on loan again as well. He's gone to Basel. Mikhail Kabovnik has gone this time to Fortuna Dusseldorf. We'll talk maybe a bit more about him in a minute. Um, Abdallah Sima who was on loan to Stoke and got injuries last season, has gone to Angers on loan. Alex Cochran has gone to Hearts. Taylor Richards has gone to Queen's Park Rangers. That's a permanent deal, isn't it? I believe. No, it's a loan. Oh, is that a loan? Loan loan with permanent, yeah. Uh, Reda Kadra has gone to Sheffield United. He's got an injury, but he's he's out there at the moment. Uh, And we also have um, Hayden Roberts to Derby. Uh, Simon Rushworth was supposed to go there too, but he ended up going Carl to Lille. Sorry, Carl Rushworth. Who's Simon Rushworth? I don't know. He sounds okay, doesn't he? Is his brother? Uh, he was supposed to have gone with Hayden Roberts to Derby, but he's gone to Lincoln. He got from the way. Jensen Weir, Jensen Weir's gone to Morecambe. He did all right. Actually, scored a good goal the other week. Um, he's on loan there in League One. Morecambe struggling though again. Uh, Teddy Teddy Jenks. Uh, he's gone to Crawley. Now, they've got an interesting new ownership thing with Bitcoin crap and all that bollocks, NFTs and all, all that jazz. It's not working out well so far. Not, not working out well. They've got a new mm. coach in Kevin Batsy. Well, it's, it's a coaching they've partnership. They've bought the top striker from the, the league last year in Telford. Yeah, and Dominic they, Telford. And they're not doing very well since then. I know, they're, they're bottom two or three. Uh, interesting. Early days. I think they're going to give them time. I heard an interview with, uh, with the owner of Crawley the other day and it does sound like they're, you know, it's a work in progress. But yeah, early, early days. a bit of a bad last year so yeah, they're trying to uh, exactly. build up from that and improve themselves from that, aren't Exactly. They? But as far as Teddy Jenks goes, we wish him the best. He's looked good when he's made appearances for 23 League Cup matches. Last year, though. You wonder yeah. with Jenks and Weir whether they're both going to be... Is that they're not being a, they're not being used in the right way again, or is they're it not they're not quite good enough? Probably the latter, isn't it? And Mark Leonard uh, was one I missed. Had gone to Northampton, yeah. who are a promising side in League Two this well, season. Lost so. that promotion in the most unfortunate fashion last oh, year. Oh, that was incredible, wasn't it? Was it them that they were they lost to Bristol Rovers due to a crazy goal swing? Yeah. And they still won three one the last half like that, and then yeah, Barrow's goal against them. Bristol Rovers won yeah, Bristol Rovers eight nil or seven, yeah, seven nil, and yeah, and eventually Barton went up. They were only in the top three for ten minutes yeah. at the end so of the season. They were bottom like six at Christmas like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean fair play to them; they did well, but nonetheless. So that that's the signings on there. Now, of course, since that was published, I've just been reading. Well, from we've got the Neil least, Morpay is gone as well. Of least, we've got at least four or five signings tomorrow that will go out on loan. Yeah. So uh, you know that'll be more. So we're talking well into the 20s here. Yeah. 
Because more players go. No doubt, we're going to sign like we're going to sign like five players an hour tomorrow, and all of them will go out on loan somewhere in there. Matt Clark's gone as well. Two point yeah. two five to Middlesbrough, yeah. was it? So we talked. That's twenty already, isn't it? I think was it twenty we had up. Um, I've probably missed one or two other loanees have probably gone out since as well. Feel free to chip in if you if you remember any pieces. But in the I meantime, in the meantime, as you said, three or four others may go out on loan. Van Hecker, we're still not sure what's happening with him. I would keep him. It sounds like they're going to keep Van Hecker. I now. think we should, given the circumstances. This close to the window, yeah, heck of a, of a risk. Like it would be Van Hecker of a risk. Yeah, given um, the situation. That, yeah, given how if you've got only four others in the half, we pay three at the back most of the time. Exactly. And um, Cole will notice is one of our left back covers as well. And Veltman's mm. one of our right back covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. So uh yeah, I I think we've done we've we've got all of the business done that we needed to do loaning people out to the right clubs. On paper. One or two youngsters might be, so one or two like turns and uh yeah. Spong who played against Forest Green maybe or something like that might yeah. conceivably go out on loan, I don't know, by being yeah. Furlong. Maybe. Yeah, the, the National League is still open, so the younger ones might even go there yeah. still. Because I noticed the National League is still always open. I saw a few Wrexham fans. They've apparently been given dispensation because last year apparently they were stopped from trying anyone after the deadline day because they're in Wales. Oh, really? Everyone else was given the right to do it because yeah, there was a lower level in England. So they, it was oh, all, yeah. which is why Wrexham then dropped off a bit at a certain station because they didn't have the players of injuries. Yeah, so they've been given dispensation now because they're in that league where everyone else is allowed to do it. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. So there is still an option in the National League if you're hmm. a younger player or something like that. Do you, do you think we should consider any loans in, if necessary, yeah. including a striker? I mean, it depends who they are, I suppose, doesn't it? Hmm. I mean, like, if, if there's a player that would be right and would be a good loan that could get us through for a while and kind of could be an option to turn to Welbeck, hmm. I wouldn't be against it. It needs to be even more of the right player than a, than a signing to us because you only obviously have a year of them rather than you buy someone and then you, you, you maybe think well maybe in a year's time they'll be better you know I wouldn't want Billy Gilmore on loan for example I know we, we couldn't get well, him on loan anyway yeah, yeah. Yeah. but even if we could I wouldn't want him on loan because I don't want to be I don't want to be developing Chelsea's players and personally or like as a club either I, I don't want him loan to me either personally but you know <laughs> Well, so you could just do some patchwork yeah. or something. I mean, that'd be quite good, actually, for a year, actually. That'd be quite good. You could do the hoovering and stuff like that. and uh, Make some tea. He could look after Duke, you know. It'd be quite good, actually. <laughs> that could actually work. I mean, if he could go out, that'd be Duke, quite fun. Duke's the dog, by the way, for anyone yeah. that doesn't know. Uh, who might be turning up here tonight. We're, we're yeah. Hearing, possibly, yeah. Um, I suppose it, we can use it if it works for us, but I can't I mean, that's it. Maybe I should put an offer in a Billy Gilmore tomorrow. <laughs> you could loan him to the club. I yeah. could loan him, and then, yeah, the club could borrow him weekend for games. <laughs> Paying a loan fee, obviously, yeah. yeah. You've got to fund your beer, haven't you, Peter? Uh, yeah, Something's got to, because, you know... I don't know if there's anybody I want to loan in. I, d- I don't see that there's any benefit to that in most scenarios. As you said, there might be a way of it, it could be a means to an end, a loan-to-buy scenario. Yeah. Uh, I'll be looking at... Uh, are there any more gems out there in terms of established players coming later into their careers that could fill a void just in the short term? Yeah, the Danny Welbeck, the Adam Lallana's, that kind of role. Well, the one they talked about, I saw talk about, it was also behind Massa, which obviously is like, I saw, I'll be able to talk about on um, in North Sound Chat. People yeah. have asked about Ross Barkley, because of course he's been released from his contract, but... I think he wants rather more wages than we're willing to give him, yeah. I think, probably. Someone said, well, he's on 200k a week, and then somebody very stupidly pointed out he's on nothing per week <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> but, nonetheless, he's obviously going to be looking... One of the it. many players over the 20 years since Abramovich took over that Chelsea have ruined, in a way, if English players. Yeah. There's been a few, actually. Chelsea are guilty... Right, Phillips, bit. Parker... 
Well, I'm thinking also uh, Josh McEachern seemed like such yeah. a prospect. Tammy Abraham has done well, yeah. but no, no thanks to Chelsea, only by going out on loan. He was in, we were in for him at one point, weren't we? Tamori. And the interesting thing, yeah, Tamori as well, very good player, and he's gone on, him, him Great, and yeah. Abraham have gone on to make their mark Great. in Italy and get into the England yeah. squad. Tammy but Gallagher looks like he's going to be another one who's going to probably have to move on to... As long as he doesn't go to Paris. Well, he will go to Paris probably. Why do you better not? But, um, and Breuer as well as like another one is running after. I mean, he's one I really Brewer, want. Good, he's one yeah. I really, really like. Actually, he's, you know, oh, he's kind of well Becky in a bit, isn't he? Don't you know? <laughs> 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 isn't he? Isn't he a bit? though he does. He's rogue, I, just love, he? I just love the kind of the, the he's got word. Less muscle power, but yeah, it's all about. It's yeah, all he's, about he's the one who looked really good last year at Stamford for a while, and then obviously lost his way a little bit towards the end of the season. But unsurprisingly, given his first season at nineteen or twenty, where he was. But I, I, he's one I'd really be interested in. Yeah. What about Tammy Abraham? Could we get him back from Roma? Probably not now. No. Champions League and all that. It's complicated. He's complicated, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I mean, he was another one. We, we actually tried to sign him on loan. And it was back in the days when um, loan fees or any, any kind of funding involved beyond just the, the general agreement was frowned upon. Apparently his agent asked for a million quid. Uh, after the, the deal had been agreed, yeah, it's not and we lo- just went. Well, that's, Tony Bloom. That's not a loan fee, even though. That's just like no, a, that's that's just a, a payment. It's like a, a, a streamer. Yeah. And, and Tony Bloom, in classic style, said, "Pardon the French, fuck off." I think. Well, I don't know if he literally said that, but I love to think he did. I love to think he did as well. Uh, but he, he, he wasn't having it, which is fair enough, and I'll be the same. However, it's frustrating because that was a good move there. He went to Swansea at the time. Yeah, wasn't but it? we still, we still beat them four one. Yeah, we did. Good, good, I'm glad you mentioned it. Was it 4-1 or 5-1? 4-1. 4-1. Yeah. Um, but those kind of players, there might be... Broya's a good shout, actually. I don't I don't think Chelsea will release him yet, because they haven't actually got a striker. Mm. Well, that doesn't normally stop them. They've never got a striker. <laughs> um, so it brings a little bit, because we're not really... We're, uh, obviously, we hope for good stuff. Who do you reckon's done best out of this transfer window, and who do you reckon's done worse? Well, here's, here's the, here's, that's a great question. Let's get on to that. So, Chelsea have spent more than double, I think, anyone else. They've spent something like a third of a billion this transfer window. 63 mil, well, in terms of commitment at least, to Kukurea. 75 mil to Fafana. But they've, they've signed a number of other players. They still don't have a striker, which is quite amusing when they've spent that much money. Um, they have one, but he's on loan into Milan. Well, yes, yeah, there's that. Have, have they done? They probably signed good players. I think they brought in the right kind of players, but they haven't completed their squad, as far as I'm concerned. For yeah. The amount they've spent, can't really say. Even they lost Rudiger on a free uh, as well, which is a massive, massive yeah, loss. Yeah, exactly. Which, of course, their hands were tied because of the, um, the embargo, didn't they, at the time? But I'm not convinced he'd have stayed anyway. I think he was after yeah, a possibly a big yeah. move. But yeah, I mean, I, I think they've, they've they've not spent that well. The biggest gainers in terms of numbers are Nottingham Forest. I think they're up to 20, yeah. 20 that wasn't the new signings. That's not the question, but I, I just wanted to throw that in. I had to get a dig in. 20. A lot of new signings. How the fuck, how's that going to work? It actually just might, because a lot of those signings and are good. And they're set to sign like Aurier and uh, Willy Bolly as well, apparently, now. So that'll be 22 new players. Yeah. I think of which two that have got on loan. I think two have got on loan. I think, well, yes, well, that's true, that's true. But it is literally a new squad, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I can only imagine, I, I didn't keep track enough of <laughs> last season to know who was in that squad, but there can't be anyone left, Well, they, they, they? they've got about five or six key first-teamers and a few who dropped Actually, out completely. Got Brennan Johnson's, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Johnson, um, uh, Worrell. And the goalie left. Um, the goalie left. They had about five loanies in the team. From Forest point of view. Yeah, the goalie left, which is why they brought Henderson in. They, they lost um, 
uh, Zinkenegel, the, the Watford yeah. player. Yeah, five loanies. Yeah, I think they went up a lot quicker than they thought they would. Keenan Davis, the Villa player, who was really, really key part of their team. And yeah, two, two or three other loanees. Mm. And lost a few others, like uh, Grabben, obviously, was regular last season and went and decided he wanted to go. Yeah. Because he didn't want to be like reserve. Fair enough. Obviously, Lewis Grabben, a former Albion target a long time ago as well, like a, te- yeah. a decade ago or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. When he was at Bournemouth. But yeah, they, I mean, I think they've gone well past the, we've replaced the players. <laughs> <laughs> and also oh, improved the bench. They, they, it's just literally a whole new, if you say, a whole new squad. and it's, They have they, strengthened. There are some genuine gems in there. I think yeah. Henderson, the one they signed is Ren and Luddy, who they signed this week, sounds like an, an absolute bargain at the moment. Mm. He was like, played for Atletico in like Champions yeah. League. Knockouts and that sort of thing. The striker could be handy Lin- as well. Lingard, Ayonwi, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lingard on paper. Yeah, yeah. If they can get him firing and get him the it's service. A deal, so it works get him the service. The Huddersfield guy, O'Brien, seems like yeah. really good signing from what they from what I've read. The, the guy from. Oh, Dan, uh, did they sign as well? Hmm? Is it O'Dowder? No, uh, they signed O'Brien and they signed uh, uh, Toffolo from Huddersfield. Oh, Toffolo, that was it, yeah, yeah. And the other one that sounds really good, although he's injured, was Nia Carte, who's the centre half from Mainz, who's like their captain, mm. I think, at Mainz yeah. in the Bundesliga. So they, they've got some really good players, but also, inevitably, with 20 players, you're going to have some yeah. absolute dross in there, aren't you? That's they've, they've gone full on gamble here, haven't they? Yeah. They've, gone, they've, they've signed like you would not believe, like yeah. no one else has ever done before. Yet they've got some good quality in there, so they've got the chance for it's, that to it's work. It's how that works, and then, yeah. Yeah, it's so much of a risk, though. However, maybe it's long-term planning. Maybe there's something to do with if they went back down and came back up or whatever. I don't know. When all said and done, I, th- I really rate Steve Cooper. I think if anyone could do it, he can, in terms of getting those players. And it, it is literally a job that no one's ever done before. Yeah. It, it's, it's a hell of a game. It's, it's fascinating. I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. Yeah. I don't mind if it works, um, in a way. I don't, I don't normally approve of that level not of... Not at our expense. Not at our expense, obviously, yeah. I don't normally approve of that level of change, because I don't think it's great, healthy... It's a good payout for it. Yeah, I'm going to go to that one, right? Yeah. Up for that? I'm not sure, I'm not sure when it is, but yeah, I'm definitely... Yeah. The old trip to Jerusalem, as they say. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm no issue with Forest, and I think they will... It's it's genuinely the what the absolute question mark you know the mm. the you know the kind of like random team in the Premier League you know yeah. they could come twelfth or tenth or something like that on the back of like all of the a lot of these players doing well or they could be like bottom by a mile because they all fail yeah. miserably it's, and it's largely it's genuinely like the most intriguing thing about yeah. Premier League this the season. number of loanees that were involved there yeah. has made this fascinating and uh, it's like Aston Villa a couple of years ago with extra engineers yeah. isn't it this it's just on a different level and to it, that it could yeah, yeah. and they just got away with they it they could Villa, go anywhere from yeah thanks to a goal that was the goal that was that wasn't yeah the Sheffield United yeah. game yeah but yeah goal it could be anywhere from, from 20th with a not a record low point maybe 20 points like that mm. to mid table and pretty comfortable and doing yeah. really well so as, yeah. as, a, as a fresh face in the, in the modern era at least I don't mind Forrest staying up. I do like Steve Cooper. I take it or leave it with their fans, but you know, some of them are nice. It'll be genuinely interesting to see what happens, and mm. I think they are the probably most interesting question mark in the yeah. Premier League this year. So at them and them and Fulham. We've been talking about Fulham. Yeah. Who finishes higher? I'm going Fulham. It's a tough one, isn't it? I, I think probably Fulham because they're more settled, mm. and they were a, bit, a lot better last season as well. But to be fair, both generally. might survive though. Yeah, I, th- I think I think Bournemouth. Uh, 
yeah, are gone. Whoever they appoint really is going to find it very hard to stay out with that team. Well, they're definitely keeping the lowest budget. If, if you, that, that was the if you finish below the owners, yeah. The fact that they were questioning that, yeah. they said, "Well, it's up or down. We're on the low yeah. budget. That's that." Take if, it if you finish below Bournemouth, I think you'll go down. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think Bournemouth are down. I think Everton and Leicester and Wolves are in deep shit here. They the may Wolves not... have spent a lot of money this summer, though. They spent like on. Um... Yeah, but they, I, I I'm not convinced with them. Go back to they Prince. were so poor against us at the end of last season. But they spent, I know there's some changes there, but but they brought um, Karadzic today, which is an interesting signing. Raúl Jiménez is. Uh, Totally out. Yeah, it's just he's lost his. They, they relied on him, Jimenez, for a lot of what they did well to keep them up in the table. But Kalasic could be the, yeah. you know, the kind of the one who uh, who offers the alternative. Possibly. In which case, someone else is in trouble. Who? Southampton. Southampton. Yeah, again, they had a good result last night. You know, kind of good, some good signings. They won two one at Chelsea, coming from behind to do so. I hasten to add, they've, they've done something we've not done in the Premier League era beating Chelsea so you know fair enough uh, it's, it's a difficult one isn't it but I do think Bournemouth or, anyone finishes below Bournemouth yeah. are down definitely Bournemouth are down well, well, before I go, go off to Wolves I look up their time they, they've bought some big money players as well they've, they've spent big on two or three players are they all Portuguese yeah Nunes <laughs> who's the Matthias Nunes who's a sporting limit line cost 42 million quid Yeah, and then Gonzalo Guedes from Valencia and they've now got Kalasic, who's not put... And then Collins from... So they, they spent like close to 100 million quid this summer. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. That puts them almost... They also got that. a lot of money from Forrest for Morgan Gibbs-White, obviously, which... Oh, they did very well there, didn't 30 they? million quid or whatever. It says 42 and a half, though. And that's, that's like... The that's the absolute yeah, yeah. maximum yeah. they can be. I think it's like 25 to 30 with like a lot of add-ons. I think they've got good value there, to be honest, don't you? For a player they've not really regarded as being hmm. first choice ever. Yeah. I mean, to get that sort of money... Hmm. Speaking about the Albion, just swing it about that way. We've, we've talked about who's gone. Forrest, of course, the other option, the other one we didn't discuss is Emmanuel Dennis, who's, uh, who started off so well for oh, the, the Watford last yeah, year, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then hasn't really, didn't really hit, mm. uh, carry on. But yeah. then Watford also didn't carry on. So yeah. I was going to say, swing it back to the Albion. The, the figures year on year in the Premier League in terms of transfers are insane and they become more and more insane year after year transfer window after transfer window uh, we, we put it in six monthly terms um, the Albion this is unprecedented the money that we brought in 63 million eventual figure for Kukurea we've got 15 mil I think rises to 16 for more pay which is money back on that which is great um, we've sold Basuma for 25 rising to 35 so we're talking over a hundred, about 115 million, just with three players in one window. This is immense, immensely different to what we're used to as Albion fans, say from just a few years back and beyond. Uh, incredible, isn't it, to think how much money is swelling around, coming and going. We're, we're one in profit. Whether Tony wants to liquidise some of that earnings I don't know if he wants to invest it in infrastructure more I don't know if he wants to sign a, that elusive striker uh, the, um, the so called fated 20 goal a season striker that Graham Potter quite rightly has laughed off as being a fantasy because they don't exist outside of world class exclusives um, but Holland like 20 at the World Cup before now you know by the yeah. time yeah well yeah. <laughs> signed him yeah um all in all, though, the, the, the figures swelling around, around the Premier League in general, and around the Albion in particular, given, you know, 
what we've been used to as fans, it's truly astonishing, yeah. isn't it? It well, takes we, a moment to take a step back and think, this is nuts. If you look at the, you know, the kind of, yeah, the, the levels, you know, that, you know, we, we sat quite high up on those um, net transfer mm. figures in the first few, couple of years. Mm. We were like 60, 70 million pounds we spent and we didn't really get anything in. Yeah. And now we're like, we're way, way bottom. I mean, it's like, we've got 70 million profit, I think, this summer. Yeah. Success breeds success. Yeah. We made 48 million pounds on Kukureya, well, we stand to do so mm. anyway, in over a one year period of having it on our books. Um, we, we could just only could have dreamed of that in the past, obviously. Yeah. Success breeds success. When you're in League One and you're trying to pass your way out of the division for the first time with Gus or whoever, you know, that's a different league to what yeah. we're dealing with now. Obviously, you can't have a £48 million profit in a year in League One, whoever it is. But the beauty of the Premier League is if you run things correctly, you get the right players in, they happen to do amazingly well, the levels of yeah. increased success the are off the scale. My worry is how long we can continue doing what we're effectively doing. Mm-hmm. We've not really invested at all this summer. Yeah. We just We've, talked about Southampton as potential yeah. relegation candidates. And they were doing what we were doing a few yeah. years ago and, and they ran out of steam. For me, you've got to keep investing in players and we're not yeah. doing that. That's, that's the worry. We've, spent, we've brought in four players this summer, one of whom is on loan. Yeah. And one of whom is on, on loan to USG. A dingra, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the other two are Inkiso, who is a, a, a gamble at even the best levels, and well, oh, obviously a Supinon, who is. We did sign Baker Boati, didn't we? Yeah, as well, well yeah, another one just, for the future, yeah. and there's one or two others I think we've signed, haven't we? Who's the other guy we signed? We've not really signed uh, players for 23 threes. That's another guy for the 18s, I think. Oh, I can't oh, remember. His oh, name. the guy from Man City, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah I can't remember his name yeah. now. So but in, in a sense, though, future. Yeah. Yeah. but you can't keep doing that. We can't keep like basically letting three of two of our best players and one the player who, for all the the comments was our top scorer, our level top scorer last year, go and bring in one first team player in effectively because Inkeese has mm-hmm. not got near. He, he was on the bench last night, the first time he's been on the bench at all. Yeah. We can't keep doing that. That's Luke true. We can't keep doing that every summer. That's true, yeah. And um, we yeah. haven't even brought any, any sort of prospects in, European prospects in, you know, that sort of thing this summer. No, we, we, are we slacking off or is it just the case of those? Opportunities are not. Yeah, I don't know. But it, at the it's just it hasn't worked out. Whatever for whatever reason, but we've not done that. And it, I think we'll be fine this year, even if we don't sign a striker tomorrow. And I don't think we. I, don't, I really hope we don't take that view. But we probably will be fine because we're already halfway to January mm. target. We've got though. You know, we get another ten points. Yeah. You know, kind of. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I'm relatively happy with our status at the moment, but I do agree with you. Obviously, in terms of the first team, there's one or two players we need to sign. We, we've already said that. But in terms of the overall big picture, this planning for the future stuff, yeah, there's a bit of a shortfall. I would like us to get the right players in numbers of maybe two or three more. Um, but it's getting the right, yeah. the right fit, right, isn't it? And absolutely, but we've had all summer to look at the right fit to striker. Mm. We should have. We, we apparently have the shortlist of players, mm. you know. We shouldn't be, we're not I, doing it just like from middle. I honestly think if you've got your ten priority players, you could very genuinely, through no fault of your own, miss out on all ten. Oh yeah, because yeah. some are not available, some have gone somewhere else, some are refusing to go, some are, some have clubs who dick yeah. you around about oh, yeah, the prices, like South American clubs seem to seem to do a little bit. We're hearing that might be the case with Buenonote. Is it? The, I have no idea. I'm very glad I didn't, I didn't know how to pronounce his name because I, I didn't know <laughs> that now. Yeah. Um, 
it's there's there's a number of different component parts that might cause us to not be able to get the signings that we fully intend to get. Not for the want to try, not for the want of being well organised. We could just we could just miss out because we miss out. It can happen. Yeah. But back to um, other the Premier League generally. Yeah. Mm. Big winners, Arsenal. Oh yeah. So, yeah, uh, Arsenal. Uh, yeah, well, they've Jesus, started, they've started Zinchenko. Well. Ignoring how they start, the Hazus and Zinchenko are huge signs for them. Well, they're, they're part of the reason they've started so well. I think they're both yeah. phenomenally good signings. I, I think would, they're I both would say they've both got some the same they, club, Fabio Vieira, they seem to be like quite quite good in the sound of it as well. So they've got, yeah, good signings. Yeah. Uh, Brentford, for me, are a big winner. I know yeah. they lost, they lost Ericsson, yeah. but... Well, they were always going to, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. Yeah. But they, or if they did, they would only be a temporary thing. Dan, Dan Scott, does it? Yeah. Good signing. I'm not, not nothing yet, but he, he's a good signing. Me, I think, is a very good signing. Good signing. Yeah. Uh, Hickey, that's got really good reputation from Italy. Aaron Hickey. And similarly, yeah. similar teams that uh, trajectory to Tierney, obviously did really well at Arsenal and Real Arsenal yeah. when fit. Yeah. You know, Lewis Potter, obviously one that you've mentioned a few exactly. times. And what price did he go for? Yeah. Uh, £2.15, £20 million according <laughs> to Sky. But well, that's what I was telling you he should yeah. go for. Just saying. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, uh, Palace, I think, have done okay. Decore, although they lost to Gallagher, I think Decore's a good mm. signing. Yeah. Uh, Richards, you know, Johnson's a good backup keeper. Yeah, that was a good signing. Sam Johnson. Yeah. Johnston. Johnston. Yeah. Um, Fulham, I think, have done really well. I'm just looking through kind of Sky. And they're not finished at the moment. Yet, they? No, they've got two or three more. They lost mm. that and just in private today to uh, work permit issues, didn't they? But, um, oh, really? Yeah. Is that a relative of Patrick Clyde? Yeah, son's son, I think, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leeds, I think, have done okay. Oh, they didn't play very well at the weekend. Well, they've, they've signed players. Two or three of them are American. Other people yeah. don't really know, and you I wonder think, how they're going to do. I think overall they'll be better than last season, though, because they, might be more they obviously didn't have Phillips at all half of last season anyway. Yeah. Rafinha is their big loss. Yeah. But Aronson seems to be quite a decent placement for him. Maybe maybe quite a rounded yeah. set-up. City, City, I think, are big winners because they got Haaland. <laughs> I mean, well, he's, he's not too bad, is he's, he? He's so. single-handedly... <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Yeah, again. Yeah, he's he's going to break all the records, isn't he? If he stays, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's going to be ridiculously good. Mm. He's going really well. to be. He's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he when he gets two or three years older, you know, yeah. sort of once, once he matures, yeah, yeah. Um, and Spurs, I think, have done pretty well. I yeah, think Spurs have really strengthened their yeah. attacking line, haven't they? And also, Basuma, I think, will when he settles in, will help their midfield a lot. Yeah. When he becomes a regular starter. Perisic is a really underrated signing. Uh, yeah, Spence actually has a real prospect. They've yeah. got Romero permanently now, so you know I think they'll do. A, they, they've done pretty well. Weakness teams who struggled. I think United have not done as well as you people think. It'll be interesting what Casemiro does and how he does. But I, they're, again, they're it's not. through the nose. Obvious signing type, isn't yeah. it? Ob- yeah, ob- it could be fine, but obvious one who's lost Leicester. 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 They signed. Uh, one reserve Smithies as reserve goalkeeper yeah. and he's not that great is he he's not bad but it shows you the fragility of the clubs in our sphere the Southamptons the Leicesters you could say the Aston Villas and the Everton's as well and the Brighton's and the um, all, all those teams it only takes a few of the component yeah. parts to go wrong not necessarily through any fault of anyone just through circumstance yeah. so Leicester for example I think they were running the club well but a few bits have gone wrong 
Vardy's getting a bit older, a couple of people got injured, somebody wanted to go and they got sold. The Fauna then goes... They've got a few out of contract in the summer as well, next yeah. summer. And suddenly, suddenly you've got, not, not a crisis, but you've got yeah. a... A bit of an issue, and, and actually, because they've started so badly, it is a bit of a crisis yeah. actually at Leicester. Um, they genuinely could go down; it can spiral downwards. Villa is another one. I, I don't think have done that well. They, they signed Diego Carlos on paper; they're very good signing, but obviously got injured yeah. quite badly, quite quickly. Well, yeah, I mean that's unlucky. Yeah, that's that is unlucky. unlucky. Yeah. Um, but then Coutinho. Yeah. Does a team of Villa's level really need a player of Coutinho's ability? Is he going to help them? Is he going to work that hard for them? It's one and of those signings a, that sounds like a luxury like a, signing, and yeah. Yeah. When you've got Buendia already, do you really need... Obviously, yeah. Coutinho's a lot better than Buendia, I mean, but again, you can't play injured, them both together. Injured, yeah, that's a lot of wages. Kamara, again, on paper, was a really good signing that yeah. hasn't really settled yet. You know, it's, they've, they've not really... Well, I mean, their match day income... Um, is that any? Is that much more than Brighton's? They get they get what several thousand more. They probably get more day. more capacity, but they don't. Do, do they, they get, get more, more the corporate? Because I don't, really I don't think it's as nice probably corporate wise no. as, no. as ours. But yeah, so they're another one I think. Mm. Obviously, Bournemouth are the big losers because I don't think they've got anywhere near the players they want to. They needed. It's beautiful uh, but true. Yeah. yeah, I think. Uh, I, w- I think on uh, purely on transfer window, we're one of the big losers. Yeah. Whether that then you know, we've obviously got the players, hopefully that we think can yeah. replace that internally. But in terms of just the transfer window, yeah. we've replaced Kukurea with Ostupion, and we've not replaced Bissouma or or uh, Mope. So yeah. in effect, we are a big lose from transfer window. Now, hopefully, they they believe that you know Undaz can replace Mope. Well, you know, delay because they don't seem to yesterday. And you know, Kusaida obviously came in for Bissouma, but Kusaida was there with Bissouma last season. So. Yeah. You know, on paper, we have a, a week. I think Chelsea have, have had a bad transfer window. Considering how much money they spent, they've not strengthened that much. Mm. Sterling's a great signing. Kukurea was significantly overpriced for what he was. Mm. Um, Koulibaly doesn't address the lack of pace that their defence has. Yeah. Fafana uh, will do. We'll, we'll do well. And will be a good signing, but he's not worth £75 million. No, not quite. No, no, not, not exactly. So it's a lot of money. Yeah. And Everton only also have lost out because they basically replaced uh, Richarlison with Mopé. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's really not a good... Not a good Ever- Ever- Everton are a, a team, I think... Uh, well, you talk about the transfer window and about prospects for relegation. I think they've got some serious problems there. I think Lampard, they'll persist with for a certain period. I think they'll be badly during that period. And then they'll look to change... And I'm not sure who they're going to get in. Yes, if they're then that far down, with, with not a very good transfer window, not very good squad, they, they're going to a spiral there. And at what point do you start looking at... Are they better than Forrest? Uh, at what really? point do you start looking at the club really? and rather than the player, the, the yeah. player, the, rather the manager as well? Yeah. At what point do you say we've been through so many managers? The name's I'm, just a name, isn't I'm, it? I'm not a big fan of Lampard. I'm not particularly advocating him. But hmm. at what point do you look at it and say, something's wrong with this club, it's not about the manager? And that is the problem. Same with Man United. Uh, they've brought in a very good manager, a very good coach. He'll, he'll do well. You'd rather bring him in after you've got all your ducks in order behind the scenes, and that's the problem. I don't think those clubs are well run. I think, I think Brentford are well run. I think Rotherham are well run. Peterborough, Brighton, Fulham probably are. Liverpool are. Um, Arsenal are probably getting that way. 
there's a number of clubs up and down the country who have well run. Forest is a bit of a head case. You can't really tell because there's so much going on there. Well, they wanted to get Sherman out a year or two ago, didn't they? So yeah, but I don't think they are that well run. If you look at the clubs who are not well run, the first names you think of are Everton and Man United for me. Yeah. Immediately, I think those two clubs, Chelsea to a degree, maybe, but not that's more to do with well, I, I think, in fairness, the, the guys just come in at Chelsea. Just come in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, what do you reckon about Anthony, Man U? Well, again, they're paying right through the nose for a top-quality, ready-made player. The risk premium thing we talked about before, fine, that's fine. They are a big six club, do that. But is there a cohesive policy here? Also, there is Will a risk. Will fit in with who else they've got? There is a risk as well. Well, yeah, he's only going in Holland, where we know that players doing very well in Holland. Yeah. Alirosa Jahanbach, for example. I'm yeah. not comparing the two. Well, I'm not even sure he did that well in Holland, did he? I mean, <laughs> I don't think he did that, that. But yeah, Jahanbach was top scorer in the Eredivisie. Yeah, yeah. And we, we got him for 17 million, and it was nowhere near good value. They're spending 80 million pounds on yeah. him. It's a lot of money. It's a big outlay. It's a big risk. Is he really worth that? I mean, we talk about uh, Darwin Nunes was 85 million. Is he a better player than Anthony? Yes, he is, I think. But again, he's, he's only learned Portuguese league. I mean, that's true, but we've seen what he can do in the Champions League to yeah. a greater degree than, than uh, Anthony with, with, uh, in, with this Dutch team. But um, you can see the quality there. You can see he's a good player. Admittedly, the middling clubs, the sort of, the, the sort of um, players we'd sign, there is an element of worry because you can only see them up to a certain proportion but certain players stand out a million miles away and Darwin Nunes is that Anthony I don't know I haven't seen enough of him to know but you know Darwin Nunes has done really well so I think it's like you know it's open for five of the fittest and uh... <laughs> you had to do it didn't you you couldn't resist and he got through that so you know I thought we'd evolved from this Peter <laughs> but clearly not <laughs> uh, are you Peter Beagle? Just got to throw that in as well. Uh, uh, Peter Beagle, he was an ex-Prime player, wasn't he? Oh, I think he played for Northern Club, didn't he? I don't know, I'm not sure. Anyway, there we go, digression time. So, any further words on the transfer market? Uh, uh, any other interesting signings further down as well? There's been some... I think, yeah, who... Uh, who I really who, like Oscar Espinian at Hull. Look out for him. I think the, the best one, if they, if they get through tomorrow, would be Watford keeping Farr and Yao Pedro. Yeah. Those, if, they, if they keep those two, they're heavily linked. Yeah. Linked. But they've not signed anyone yet, so yeah. if they can keep those two. Mm. Burnley? That Burnley have started signing so players got of ethnic origins, haven't they? That. They've got some black players in their team as well, dare I they say. They've signed 14 players, like, yeah, yeah, crazy like that. It's like, they've got some interesting names there. So obviously, like the few players from City on loan, slash, yeah. permanently, who's played for City, and one or two Andalek linked, well, yeah. or previous Andalek players. And company has got, yeah, he's got an interesting team. and. Oh. They won 5-1 at Wigan at the weekend, yeah. so it could be an interesting... I had an interview with the, um, I think his name's Richard Hughes, he's, uh, I think he's the sporting director at Forest Green Rovers, in an interview on Not The Top 20 podcast, and that was interesting too, because he was talking about losing his best three players, you could say, a bit like Brighton, uh, speculated on, it pretty much happened. Mm. He was saying, well, those three players, one, two of them were released from clubs in non-league, and one of them was released from a club above them, I think Bolton or somewhere, and they became the best three players of Forest Green Rovers, but only by joining them and being developed by them. So you can look at uh, how well clubs are run. I think Forest Green Rovers are yeah. very well run. They're doing what Brian are doing, this is, trying to develop players. This is what I've said for a while. It's like people, we talk about like 
and I, I don't necessarily agree with them not necessarily bringing in we should have brought two or three more in this summer and if yeah. we don't in the end I'll be disappointed yeah but the only way we play teams like Brighton attract players like Ukurea is by selling <laughs> players like Ukurea. Yeah. You know, there's no other way. If we keep hold of everyone until their contract runs out or whatever... Don't get pissed off. Then, exactly, then the way other players don't come, yeah. So it's the only way that people, teams like Brighton, again, can sign players like Ukurea is to bring these players in. Where I don't agree is that we've not strengthened as a result. We've taken our 70 million at the moment. We're sat on it and we've not spent it. You know, we've... We spent 50 million on that, stupid on, but other than that, we've not increased 50 million on the first team. And Kisa doesn't seem anywhere near the first team at the moment yeah. in his position, considering he's on a bench, but that's because Sarmiento's out. And Tizo. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I, I don't think he. I don't regard him as a first team addition this summer. Um, so, or not. You know, I, I, I would vet him, honestly, I would vet him. I, I think he, he impressed me at Forest Green Rovers. Yes, it's, I know it's Forest Green Rovers, but. You know, he said you impressed him as well. Right up for it. He, he's linking up play, he's full of energy, he's pacey, he's got a supple touch to him as well. He can, he, he can, uh, he can really turn it on. And I, I think he's, I give him a free reign in certain games. Yeah, bring him on as a sub 20 minutes from the end of the game on Sunday, for example. Bring him on in the League Cup at Arsenal. Bring him on in the FA Cup third round, whoever that is. Keep him in the squad. Yeah, I'm not. I'm saying we can't. You know, we've lost two and a half really yeah. key first team players, and we replaced them with probably one. And or, or I don't have think we, we can... have we? That maybe he could be the answer this season. All right, we don't know. Yet. He isn't the answer know. at the moment, as far as Potter's concerned. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. Potter's team in Cleveland pre season, and I and I fully advocate the policy of selling players. I don't even mind selling more than one player in the summer. My issue is that we don't then go and spend some of that money. And we haven't really spent it. We spent about 30 million this summer and got about 100 million in. As long as we buy someone that's worth it, not yeah. just for the sake of it. No, I'm not saying for the sake of it. Before anyone kind of comments on that, I'm not saying a 20 goal striker. <laughs> uh, but I do think we need to invest more in the first team as we go forward if we're going to. Yeah. We can't just take, and I also don't think, and it so frustrates me. We're down to deadline day again, and we need oh, two players. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It's I like, love the notion that year on year, we every just do bloody the year, with 15 days to go, and it's all done. Yeah, but and it never happens. And we had it go. I'm not. They had a great start season. I've taken 10 points in those five games. I wouldn't expect it to be the 10 points the way it was. Should be 12. Yeah. Should have been 12. Could have been 13 as well. I think we could have got a draw last night. Really, yeah. we. All right, 13 out of 15. But yeah. we, yeah, it's it's just. We haven't done, yeah, we, I, I would have expected us if we'd got that much money in to have done more business by before deadline day and it's frustrating not to have done it. And if we just sign Gilmore tomorrow, I'll have the same view because he isn't going to improve our first team this minute. It's not going to address the issues, immediate issues. Yeah. Happy to have him. Unless he suddenly becomes a new Danny Welbeck. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's so I think he's a plan for Tarsino going in a year. Anyway. And he'll get in and he'll do okay. If we yeah. have a few injuries, do, he'll do fine. Do that independently of anything else. But, but do the other stuff we need yeah, to do. We need a striker. We arguably need yeah. more defence. But I don't, I've given up on that now. <laughs> And we are going to a second well, touch uh, goalkeeper as well. Peter, we're going to reconvene for a brief follow-up. A to brief see, briefing. To see it might be very brief. <laughs> <laughs> to see how we've done between now well, and Well, maybe, maybe it'll be like 10 o'clock, there'll be a kind of... Uh, 
it'll be a kind of like don't go to bed yet and then it'll be like we'll, we'll re-sign Dean Hammond at like 11 o'clock or something as long as we haven't re-signed Kenny Augustine uh, we're right with it yeah. he probably won't be any less mobile than he was when he played for us to be fair yeah it's, it's like Glenn Murray it's yeah. like Glenn Murray he has not lost none of his pace at this stage I probably take Glenn Glenn Murray to be honest yeah. he's, probably, he's probably still knows where the goal is exactly just plonk him up there yeah. you know when, when they've got a low, low block and they're just piling back plonk him in the box yeah. three or four players around him he could still he still do a good job I reckon yeah. Yeah. And I love the way he says we a lot during the punditry yeah. stuff have you noticed that I like that I like that anyway Peter that's it for now we'll reconvene after the deadline with all our signings with all our signings it might take quite a long time to list them all I'm sure um, and, and which clubs they got on loan <laughs> to <laughs> we'll also do our little our little preview of the Leicester game from Sunday which is now on TV at 2 o'clock uh, on Sky I think it is um, I'm also hoping that we'll be having a chat with our Leicester mates from Leicester Till I Die who uh, will give us uh, I'm sure his views on Leicester and their stunning start to the season I'm sure they're very impressed I, w- I wouldn't mock their start the season quite yet no not yet no no if they beat us and oh uh, yes it will all go wrong from there but for now they're always really good against teams haven't won yet <laughs> From, from, from now from the Gladstone because we've got far more drinks to consume haven't we and we need to crack on we've been going very slowly today by the way just, um, we're going to sign out for now so Peter stand or fall up the Albion and so to part two of this delicious podcast that is a transfer special and a Leicester Preview podcast. We could almost argue it's a bit of a actually special because we're going to the Worthing Game away at St Albans today. It's Saturday afternoon. Welcome to the Farmer's Boy Pub. We've yeah, moved pubs. We've moved pubs since the last bit. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> well, I don't think we'd be able to stand we just up. We started on walking uh, <laughs> on Wednesday night, whatever, and then um, hmm. we're here now finally. Yeah, I'm having a nice bit of um, poly, what's it called? Interior motion or something. Something like that. Internal Interior motion. design. <laughs> And what are you on, Peter? I'm on uh, a, a, a cast beer, which I can't remember the name of, because I just, even I just put it on untapped. Hmm. Um, but hope you found a good day out, non-league day out. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's fine, that's it, that's fine. Uh, so I am drinking Heart Drones by the Pentridge Brewing, Com- Brewing Company. Nice. Very good? It's nice, yeah, very nice. Gave it, gave it a, a, a solid four <laughs> on uh, untapped. Solid four? Yeah. Be- beer number 1,237. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's lovely. Yeah. You don't drink much, do you, Peter? No, that's just from yesterday as well. well to be fair, that is a glowing recommendation for 4.0. Yeah, I'm yeah. enjoying it. It's very nice. Is it a 4.0 percentage as well? Uh, it's pretty much, yeah, which is... Uh, <laughs> Well, this is a pleasant bar. We're at a well, pub, I should say, traditional pub. We're in the beer garden. Uh, it's the Farmer's Boy, St Albans. Quite been ignored station. by a cat. <laughs> been ignored by a cat. Apart from that, we're the only people here, so we can freely be abusive if we wanted to. But we won't do that. Screw you. <laughs> um, what we're here to discuss in this part, before we go on to our Leicester preview in part three, uh, which I recorded yesterday, confusingly, um, with Chris, the Leicester Till I Die podcaster is the transfer window. So we were on the run-up to the final uh, final hours of it when we last spoke. It has now closed. We have made a signing, one that we were rumoured to be in for, uh, but we didn't make any striker or defensive signings, which a lot of people are unhappy about. Um, that signing that did happen, of course, we all now know, is Billy Gilmore, who I think is, A, a really good fit for the Albion. Um, it's a good fit for what Graham's probably trying to do this season as well, because I think from his interview on the fact in the Athletic with Andy Naylor, it seems that he's looking to utilise and make more flexible the midfielders we've got. So mm. have McAllister and uh, and um, Sado. 
and Casado is a double pivot, as they've said in the article, or alternatively, you could put Billy Gilmore in, you could play McAllister further I, I think forward, the thing that Tinnick in me also thinks probably it's a, a look ahead. We've got him and Kozlowski lined up for when, mm. at some point, probably next summer, Casado goes as well. Yeah, I do think that Gilmore will feature it's not, a reasonable yeah, amount of season. I think he will feature this year, especially if I mean, people are saying after the World Cup, maybe when people are coming, people are, if some teams have gone yeah. deep, McAllister has been with Argentina deep, you know, for a while, maybe he'll get the Christmas games more, and yeah. I think he'll get plenty of game time. It's more that, yeah, I think he's also, you know, a kind of, and he obviously had a bit of a, we've got him partly because Tuchel doesn't really rate him, clearly, and he doesn't really rate any of their young players much. Except for the obvious ones like James and Mount, who are like, far too, yeah, far too good to be ignored, and also because he had a bit of a poor spell at Norwich, and there were loads of Norwich fans abusing him online, saying like, you know, well, you know, good luck, Brighton, he's terrible. But actually, I think the difference is that we have a very good team around him, whereas yeah. Norwich were useless last year. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but that's not to be disrespectful to them too much, but they were terrible. I mean, it, they it, were it really is. It's not strictly it's accurate. No, they were terrible, just, yeah. and he was used to playing around Chelsea's players. Yeah. And now, obviously, playing, we haven't got Chelsea's players, but we've got a lot nearer Chelsea's players and a lot nearer playing yeah, style exactly. than Norwich had. And he's going to get... Uh, Especially once Smith came in and played a bit more direct as well. I don't think he played quite the same passing yeah. game as Parker. I don't think he'll play as many games as he did for Norwich. He played 24 yeah. games last season. I'm sure he'll, he'll get that much if you include sub-appearances. Yeah. Um, the deal, according to Andy Naylor, the deal is... 7.5 million up front. Uh, there are 2.5 million in add-ons potentially, so it's a deal that could go up to 10 million. But apparently, 1.5 million of those 2.5 million are much more achievable, whatever that means. So it's, it's likely to be a definite nine. And a million if you go to the moon. If you go to the moon or the Champions League, you know that position we're in at the moment in the table. Then um, maybe it's on that basis or qualifying for Europe or something. I don't know. But um, let's say nine, maybe 10. So. Either way, so even if it's ten, well, if it's ten, we'll have probably done something ridiculous that was. Given his age, early twenties, it, it's a no-brainer. Lots of talent. Yeah, it's a great signing. He's, he's got experience in the Premier League as well. Yeah. He's played quite a few games in the league, which most of the players that you get for that sort of value yeah. are that sort of. I mean, I'm amazed, Chelsea, considering you know how much exactly how much money we've made this summer in a lot of ways because they yeah. they gave us a lot of it. I'm I'm stunned they've let him go that cheaply. Yeah. I, I am it well. sounds like Gilmore basically refused yeah. to go out on loan again yeah. and insisted on a permanent deal. And, and, and I mean, I don't think there's many teams, if any, in the Premier League that would be a better fit from him in terms of getting games yeah. and having the right style and being a decent team and quality players around him. Yeah. I think probably he couldn't have chosen a better team to come to. And it goes without saying, but just in case anyone doesn't know, Colwell's on loan from Chelsea, yeah. so we can't have another loan. So even if we wanted to yeah. pacify Chelsea by doing but he, that, he didn't us, want to anyway. Do that anyway. He didn't yeah. want to, or even a loan to buy because it's, it's it like the, the, the board at Chelsea wants to keep him and wants to at least sort of have him around but mm. um, yeah two children's comments after Southampton where he had no other options when, when he was sitting on a bench so I mean that, that surely kind of pretty much signed I, I don't necessarily think Tuchel has actually a long-term future at Chelsea. They spent a lot of money, and I don't think they spent it very well yeah. this summer. As we said, I think on the original, the previous part of this pod, yeah. I don't think Chelsea has spent well. I don't think United has spent particularly well either. Yeah. They just sort of def- they, they, it, it struck to me a strategy of like just throwing money at it rather than actually having we're the exact opposite. We have a plan and a very much. Yeah. I, I do still think we should have sent a striker and. I know there'll be people out there who say trust the club and do that sort of thing, but the club clearly wants a striker. Yeah. Yeah, yes, they didn't right. want one. They were looking for one. So, um, the, the deals are notoriously hard to get over the line for the right kind of striker yeah. at the right price. As we speak, Neil Lopez started Robertson in the North London derby, no, in the Merseyside <laughs> derby. Say, that was a quick move. Yeah. Um, um, question mark, would he have helped us midweek? 
given they don't seem to think Undavid's ready for whatever reason, I think he probably would have done. He'd have been a better option up front. That, that false nine is not working. It, it worked once at Liverpool, and we seem to have stuck with it since, and it's never worked. It didn't work at Villa, didn't work home to Newcastle last year, yeah. didn't work at home to Leeds. I think it was home to Leeds that Mopay missed last year. Yeah. Didn't work. Well, not, this, no, not home to Leeds, sorry. Didn't, it didn't work midweek as well. And is this Graham Potter's Achilles heel, kind of persisting beyond the reasonable time with that or is it a case of he knows there's something in there that can work and I, I think if, if it is going to work out he needs to stick the pace up, up on the pitch they need to have Lamptey and Mitoma yeah, they, they basically need to have both of them on the pitch mm. rather than bringing them on we're all behind and the other team is sitting mm. back yeah. that's the only way it can really work stick Matoma up the pitch because he's our quickest player up front have Lamptey on the, maybe on the pitch yeah. at the start as well that's how it you need without physical presence up front really you need pace and Trossard is a good player but he's not that quick mm. he, he, he's very tricky and he beats players through trickery but he's not going to get in around the back as regularly I don't think which is what you need as a false line yeah I think so uh, yeah I mean and Wepu's definitely not that fit that, yeah, that quick the only thing I'm not sure about is to what degree it's true that he doesn't trust in that. It might be that he's uh, he's quite notoriously slow in integrating players, isn't he, at first? He, he's happy to bring in whoever, including young players, but they don't come in very quickly to the squad. So I, I think it's more a case of their... But, but either way, he's not happy to play him. He wasn't happy to start him in week. Yeah, but he has, he's mentioned the fact there's 13 games or whatever it is until the window reopens. And I think... Um, Except I'd argue there's 14 because... They definitely won't be able to sign someone and play them before, uh, Everton away as well yeah, on second yeah. January. And I don't know if that includes. So I've, I've, and also, I've that's assuming we sign someone. We never. I mean, mm. we've had discussions on the WhatsApp group about this. How often do we sign someone in January and then bring them straight into the team? Not often. There's there been aren't. one or two, isn't there? Um, I think we signed the, in the past. The references were going back to like Knockart and the Stevens yeah. obviously didn't that sort of thing. But I mean, Lacardia didn't start off in the team initially. Right. You heard of him got injured. Lamptey didn't play until after the. Did Morpay come in Jan as well? No, he was a, he was a summer signing oh, yeah, for the first summer. Yeah. There's, there's very yeah. few signings we made in January who've come straight into the team. Yeah, but but what my point was going to be is that I think he, he might take. He, he might not be confident with him for three or four games or two or three games and then he'll start to play him. On a quite regular he's basis, assuming he plays all right. I, I just, I know he's a different kind of striker. He's a different well, striker, but we've got different strategies in games yeah. sometimes. So he might. Be. It depends on what we set up. The, the, the good news, assuming well, yeah. stays fit, is there is only one midweek game between yeah. now and Christmas. Yeah. That's that's a positive because obviously the problem seemed to be that Welbeck yeah. doesn't recover quite quickly yeah. enough. The other thing for the midweek interview that Potter's done with the Athletic is it's, it's quoting. He was saying. It's a good signing for us. It's going to be good, good for him as well, Billy, Billy Gilmore. Yeah. And he's going to get integrated, and he's going to get. He's going to learn more and more about us. We're going to learn more and more about him as it goes on, which is an obvious statement. But that seems to imply it's an integration process. Oh, yeah. So I think with Undav and with Ferguson in terms of the first team, and in terms of Mitterrand to a certain degree, and Colwell, and you know anyone else that comes into the equation, they're going to be integrated slowly. So I, I do think we probably will see Undav. With confidence, we'll, in have, terms to, of from we'll have to now, won't we? Yeah. Well, we have to, but I think I think that might have always been the plan, unless we got somebody that we really wanted, and we didn't have get someone who we really wanted. Yeah. So I think he was he was happy to go. With what we've got, with Gilmore, so I think we, he has got confidence. Gilmore will be integrated because there's lots of cover there. Hmm. There are options. Most people could come in in that position. I think he'll be fine if he comes into a position that actually is supposed yeah. to be. Alzate's loan seems to be off, yeah. so he might be able to come in. Yeah. And, you know, whereas up front we needed a striker on on Tuesday. Yeah. And we didn't have one. I, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And the fact he didn't play him now has made people say, "Look, he doesn't obviously doesn't trust him." But also, Undav as well, and it's my, my, yeah, my thinking. I mean, no, but yeah, but that, that's become a settled narrative 
to everyone and it might be true and it's, a, it's an easy conclusion to jump to and it might be deadly accurate but I don't think we have necessarily know that's definitely the case I think it's more a matter of he's, gonna, he, he's got a two or three week betting in process from this point that, that he's looking at that Graham's looking at to get him in mm. I'm not sure he doesn't trust him I think that's becoming a bit too locked in as a narrative that isn't necessarily the case well, maybe more that he isn't the, the, the type of striker you need in that position that Welbeck no that, that's, the, that's the issue isn't yeah. it it's about the replacement which we needed for Welbeck yeah. as and when needed yeah um, we have got other ways of playing of course we could play with someone like Trossard and have overlapping but, wide attackers and whatever we, else when we know. went when we played with Trossard the other day we became very one dimensional again and very kind of you know, kind of, we, yeah. we sat outside, and I, I, I got kind of a comment from one of our listeners about the fact that I was saying about us. That, you know, as you say, the formation changed. It wasn't the point about the formation. The point yeah. is about the way we play. Was we played very much in front of yeah. them when we did it. We didn't play the ball early to well to a yeah. uh, to a figurehead. We didn't attack really with pace when we got the ball either. Yeah. We just did our old way of playing, which was very very slow build up very very build up you know kind of, and we didn't have the player in the box to then get the ball in the we're well, not as good as when we're ponderous and I'm not sure that was the game plan I think it was just no, we're not so used to playing that but I think it's, it's, a fact, it's what happens maybe when we play that system yeah. and it wasn't a, no I'm not saying it was their game plan but we didn't have the option of going long to Welbeck yeah and it does restrict us yeah it's, it's a conundrum but I do think we'll largely get through uh, certainly till January without too much fuss Obviously, touch wood. There is a table yeah, wood well, exactly. that we don't get a key injury, a and really that, key injury. Yeah. Which, of course, we're talking about well back here. Well, we spoke the other day about two players really that we can't mm. replace in that team very easily. Yeah. Sanchez and Welbeck are the yeah, two. Yeah. Who would be a big drop if we if they got yeah. injured? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, obviously, I'm chatting to Chris uh, Forian from Leicester's Our Dying Part Three. But uh, as far as you're concerned, Billy Gilmore uh, this weekend. The game on Sunday. I doubt he'll play. Be I, I don't. Again, he might be Graham, on the bench. Graham's uh, slow with getting them in, isn't he? He might be on the bench, but I, I, yeah. I think probably may well miss out. I don't want to. I think he'll be on the bench, and, and he probably won't play. It may depend on Alzate. If they loan him, then Alzate loan move oh. somewhere else. Like apparently got a few more days for overseas, and yeah. then it might be that Gilmore replaces him on the bench. If they're not, then I think Alzate might take the place of the bench this weekend, and then yeah. Gilmore next weekend. And then Gilmore comes off the bench or comes into the team. Um, for the next game, maybe yeah, Bournemouth, it's, it's, Bournemouth might suit It's a real shame that we don't have the League Cup early. Yeah. I don't know why they've moved that, really. It does yeah. seem odd that they've moved the third round from September to November. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand the logic of that, but yeah. anyway. But, um, one thing that seems to be a, a trait of Billy Gilmore's is to play really well in receiving the ball and distributing it in tight spaces. Yeah. He's really good in that kind of the Barcelona style of play, if you, if you like. Uh, the, um, what's his name? Who's the sick note at um, Arsenal in, in the past? Wilshire. Um, that kind of a player, in, in a sense. He can receive the ball in tight areas. Bournemouth feels like a small pitch. I don't yeah. know if it is, but um, it might suit in that kind of a game. A game that's got less challenge yeah. than others. Um, might just be what we need. And, and, I mean, if you look at you know Norwich last year, they probably weren't offering him the chance. The outfall for yeah. that. Yeah. Players weren't as good, so they were not offering the outfall for that sort of situation. Whereas yeah, our players hopefully will have the knowledge, you know, the quality and that. Well, that's the romantic music players <laughs> in the background of this pub. Peter, we've got to move on to some other mood music. Um, the the overall kind of picture of the transfer window, we listed all the, all the names. Essentially, 27 bits of business were done by the Albion. So it's a pretty busy window. 22 of those were outgoings, 15 of which were youth related loans of one sort or another and all permanent, uh, permanent moves in the case of Zach Emerson for example um, and um, only five came in I think it has gone back out on loan of course uh, we know about Gilmore 
Paul Will. Uh, who else do we get in? Estupiñan. Estupiñan. Yeah. Estupiñan. Estupiñan. There we go. That sounded authentic. Uh, and uh, who I missed off? Somebody as well. There's a fifth one. Um, I can't remember now, but uh, maybe a, like a smaller signing. Who knows? Anyway. But oh, and Kiso. In Chiso, love. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that was the stoke. It's again because a lot of the business was done at the beginning yeah. of the window. That's that. This is the young one. And Cizo is another a guy who could be an interesting prospect. He, he could play wide. He was playing essentially wide attacking right in the Forest Green game, and to good effect. Some good link up play with Lamptey and, and, and the central players as well. Pacey, hungry, uh, lots of appetite for the ball, and lots of movement. Make me hungry if you keep that hungry and, and that fight. <laughs> and uh, if only he played on loan in Hungary. No, he, uh, he, he's, uh, he looks an exciting prospect. I think he could be a mobile front line as well. It's interesting they kept him because they, the suggestion was initially that he was going to go out on loan, but he's, mm. yeah, kind of, they, they kept him and. I think we're going to see him up front at some point in the not too distant future. Depends what the thoughts are on Undev. Um, if Undev's starting, maybe he plays as well wider. I could see him coming into the equation, possibly. Especially as we might need to rotate players in the next phase of busy games. Yeah, but there we go. Uh, any other thoughts on the window? Um, obviously, Forrest got up to, I think it was 21 players. They were trying to get Batshuayi, the latest team, to try and loan him. Who's flopped pretty much everywhere he's been loaned to from Chelsea. Well, he literally flopped when Lamptey breathed near him. They tried to get that over the line. For some reason, it didn't happen. Um, if they'd have got that over the line, they could have had a, an 11 aside match between two Forest teams made up entirely of new signings. Insane, isn't it? Incredible. I don't think that's ever been done before, has it? No, I don't think it has. 21 new signings. Even Mickey Adams, the uh, first season, we didn't manage to get their place yeah. Two, I think two or three of them actually have gone out on loan. Surprise, surprise to Olympiacos, yeah. which he's got. It's one of them signed from Blackpool alone to Olympiacos, didn't they? That was an obvious transfer. Yeah, Bola, isn't it? Yeah. Bowler. Um, He's a really good attacking uh, winger for uh, and goal-scoring winger for, for Blackpool. Shame they couldn't have loaned him back to Blackpool to keep his development going. Standard would be similar to the Greek division, I would imagine. I know Olympiakos are a big team, but they're not playing yeah. big teams every week. But obviously there's a reason he's done that, because of his connections there. But shame for Blackpool, because he's not had much time this season. And I think he only broke on the scene second half of last year. But there we go. You mentioned I was acting in the fact that um, that's if the, there's some deals could be still done certain places across the globe. Including Belgium. Including Belgium, interestingly, yeah. He didn't go to West Brom. Apparently him and Onama from Fulham were supposed to be going. And Omar was lined up earlier in the day. And it appears that West Brom are trying to partly blame us for having our resources stretched by dealing with the, the Gilmore deal. And we're partly to blame, they think, or seem to allude to. Whereas it seems to be the case, they're mainly to blame. There seems to be a lot of inefficiency, paperwork arriving very late or being dealt with very late. But I think the, I think there was a, there is an argument that, it's sort of sound of it, that there was an issue around the fact that we, we, we wouldn't let him go till officially until Gilmore went. Yeah, it's probably more okay. that, isn't it, rather than resources. It's yeah. actually about the but, timing. And I think Chelsea the, were reluctant, so that set the ball in yeah, motion. And yeah, the, and I think that's the part of the problem. It's a shame because they've been a good move from him. He's not going to get probably much first-team yeah. football. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a shame because I like Alzaf. I think he's a really good player. When he come, you, know, you never let us down when he comes in. No, he I like seems to well. have been. Uh, Great goal against Forest Green as well. And he, that goal against Liverpool, of course, a season or so ago, a couple of seasons ago. And um, in general, he's, he's had some really good games. He's man of the match for the Forest Green game, I thought. Mm. Um, but yeah, it didn't go over the line, so a bit of a mess there. I hope that's not going to damage him psychologically or too much in terms of game time. Hopefully, he can still get some games. 
We can play over age players in the 23s as well, so we can't. But it's not, it's not. I know, but at least give them match fit. I mean, I kind of hope they get them to USG if they need midfield. Yeah, I mean, that's the obvious thing to do, to loan them to there or somewhere else. We've only got one on loan at USG, we're well down on our average level. You thought you'd do pretty well in the Belgian league, even if they just loaned that till Christmas and then hopefully loan them to a Championship team second half of the season, like West Brom if they come back in or something like that. That seems like an obvious solution, and then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Assuming USG need him. Peter, on, on that note, we'll probably wrap it up on this section as we're chatting away in the pub. We may catch a little bit more audio later on today, depending if we run into anyone significant at Worthing, as we did on one of the previous games, Adam Hinchelwood, or someone like that. So, so stay tuned for that, potentially. But if not, part three will be the final part, which would be uh, the Leicester Till I Die interview. So that's coming up, certainly at some point soon, possibly after you finish listening to this sentence. Peter. We're at the game, Worthing, away at St Albans, scored an absolute screamer, the man with the big I hair. Did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob scored a brilliant goal. Then they got a penalty within about, what, a couple of minutes. I said, if he goes to the right and he saves it, that'll be up. And he did, and they did. And here we are, five more minutes later, looking like a 1-0 win. Hopefully. Three away wins. Three home draws. What a passion. Three or four. What, a four today, if it happens. We've just got to see off the last couple of minutes. Very Albion-like. They they attack in a certain way that is more suited to away games. You can understand why they're like that. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're into the last seconds of the game, so we'll stay with it. St. Norman's on the ball in their own half. Long die going nowhere. And Sideshow Bob's cleared it. <laughs> We've got to find out who that is. We were talking about, uh, from an Albion point sub, of view, we're talking from an Albion point of view, Kane Wills, former yeah. Albion youth player. He's, I don't know where he's been in the, in the meantime. I don't know where he's been in the meantime, but he's, he's looking classy, isn't he? He did. He, 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 bought, he, he uh, looks very like Aaron Moy, but he's, and he also plays like him as well. He looks very good on the ball. Yeah, very good on the ball. Yeah. I've been very impressed with Worthing today. They've, Thorns have not really any chances. Worthing have not created a lot, but they've had a ball, a lot of the ball. Did and you say St. Orbs? St. Orbans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that, St. Orbs. Just to abbreviate, why not, why not? <laughs> Worths. It's, it's been a fairly even game, isn't it, overall? But probably Worthing have more of the possession, more of the quality and that sort of yeah. thing, so. If anyone deserves it, it's not had a, yeah, it's been a lot of kind of cross, across the box and, uh, yeah. But what a goal it was. I mean, it's a goal that deserves to win any game. Scintillating. If that was our match today, that would be like called foul for weeks to what come. Was that just outside the area? Yeah. It was hit with fierce and swirl. We were right behind it. It swerved away from the keeper. It was brilliant. It was genuinely. It literally no, came directly towards us, didn't it? Yeah. No, no keeper would have saved that. It was a brilliant goal. Champions League standard. Goal deserves to win any game. Exactly. Yeah. Can I also just mention that Peter, your dad handballed it blatantly. Uh, during the second half as well. I think that was first half, wasn't it? <laughs> I think that was second half, wasn't it? Oh, second half, wasn't it? Oh, 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 intercepted. oh, 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 Unbelievable! Who was that? Number 16. Brilliant skill. In the end, he's given the ball away for throwing. But he did a, 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 he did a step over a lollipop, I don't know what it was called. It was brilliant.
That's it, ref. There we go. Brace yourselves, everybody. The referee is about to blow his whistle. Yeah! What a win. Good team, sir. Good yeah. too. Great win for Worthing. Superb. Superb. I don't know if uh, Peter, Peter Stair, David, do you want to have a, a good word? No, good win. Well done. <laughs> it was a win well done. I think he's nailed it, really. <laughs> what a win. Here we go. Drink in the atmosphere, everyone. Ending. Fantastic goal and a brilliant penalty save. Well, from a goalkeeper well, a point of view. Uh, I think it was, it was a poor penalty. It was penalty. a poor penalty from a scoring point of view.
my local area after a good day out there, a one nil win, an excellent win away from home for Worthing at St Albans and a penalty save in there to boot as well. Um, in terms of um, their form, well they keep drawing the home games and winning the away games. I think if they keep doing that they'll still be in the playoff mix at the very least so good luck to them. That's a good way to start the weekend with the Saturday match on Sunday uh, tomorrow going down to the Amex for the Leicester match. Uh, ahead of that game, I spoke on Friday evening to Chris Foyan from Leicester Till I Die. So let's hear what he had to say about this weekend's match. OK, so for the final part of this episode, we are delighted to welcome back to the podcast a webcaster himself, Chris Orion, a Leicester City fan. Uh, Leicester Till I Die is the name of the pod slash webcast that he does. Hello, Chris. Good evening, Russell. How the devil are you, sir? Oh, not too bad at all, really. Not too bad. I would ask you the same. In fact, I have done off there already, but <laughs> I'm not sure you're really going to say uh, you're in too good uh, fooling at the moment. Um for reasons where I'm sure we'll get on to in this podcast. Um, um, unfortunately, I think you will, yes. <laughs> yeah. Just to start off, for anyone that didn't hear the previous one where you came on before, I think it was a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it now? Mm. Um, just explain a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, I started, I, I born and bred in Leicester, but I now, having travelled around the country with various jobs, ended up on the south coast, um, just outside Bournemouth. So it's nice to have Bournemouth back in the division because hopefully I might be able to get a ticket to go and see Leicester. Uh, but I, I, I've been running Leicester till I die now, sort of 15 years. Started out as a blog, um, morphed into a bigger blog when a couple of us merged, and then it just expanded onto all different social media. And currently, um, the newest one is the YouTube channel, Leicester Till I Die TV. <laughs> Yeah, which in fact I'm going to um, subject the world to my my, my face with uh, just this very evening, aren't I? As, as we oh, fing- fingers crossed. <laughs> if your camera's working. Yeah, yeah so we'll we'll come on to that obviously later. But um, no, that's that's great. I mean, 15 years—that's a hell of a stint in in the various formats. Um, yeah. do, do you have have you found it through the years? I mean, it's, things have changed a lot, obviously, with the technology improving. Um, but it's, um, it's a bit easier since I split from my wife. <laughs> because <I'm, laughs> I, can, I can pick and choose when. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the video channel came out through COVID, and I think a lot of people started doing things, which is understandable, you know. Uh, and there are now many, many different sort of podcasts and video casts and everything for all the clubs. Let's be honest with you. Okay. Um, and we all have our own little niches and what have you, but uh, even when I look back on my first one and I cringe. I mean, I cringe when I look at myself now, but even back then, I mean, it was like, it looked like I was doing it in a toilet, you know, it was so small. So things have moved on, but then again, money has been spent, as they say. You say doing it in the toilet, why do you think I've got a virtual background on here, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) It would have been cheaper for me to do that. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so welcome back to the, to the pod. I mean, last Just time we came, so, 
um, well, for this podcast anyway, it was a couple of years ago. And um, obviously we, we were, were all about just staying in the division, trying to get enough results to get safe as soon as possible. Meantime, you guys, I can't remember exactly where you were in the table, but you were flying pretty high. You know, you were pushing for European places at one sort or another, and I think involved in Europe as well. Um, and obviously what's happened since is I'm looking at the table and I'm, I had to look down much further than I thought I was going to have to. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you can see why some of it's happened. There's, I think it's just hit a peak from what I could see. The outside looking in hit a peak. There's certain budgetary constraints and certain turnover and churn of players and possibly things might go stale in one way or another. And then coupled with that, any team can go on a run of, in this case, four games, uh, defeats in a row. I mean, we did, we did worse than that last season at one point. Yeah. When you get those runs is obviously what makes this look bad at this exact moment in time early in the season. But, um, tell us a bit more about what, cause I mean, that's my perspective from the outside looking in. Is it, um, is there a, a major concern here or is it, is it more just? No, no. I mean, in fairness, um, the chairman, and I was, I was speaking to uh, other journalists, not that I'm a journalist, but I'm t- I was talking to like people from the Athletic and from the local paper and radio station uh, who, who, do, who sometimes do shows with me. And it, we are not, we're, we're in debt. Every club is in debt, but we are actually in one of the one of the top. We are one of the top five most manageable debts in European football. So we're not going to go bust tomorrow. We're not going to have to sell tomorrow, but it's all about managing your budgets. Now, last season we didn't get into Europe, but we did get to a European semi-final. So eighth place in European semi-final wasn't bad, although it was disappointing compared to where we'd been the previous two seasons. And the funny thing is, it's just come out today um, that PSG could end up having to pay you away for 75 million euros in FFP um, uh, charges. And it's when you read and thinking, what's that doing on the Leicester page, you know, <laughs> which is on the Athletic? And when you go down, Chelsea, Manchester City, Leicester and West Ham were among 19 clubs, also including Rangers and Barcelona, competed in Europe in 21-22, who only managed to fulfil the financial requirements due to the application of COVID-19 emergency measures. And it then suddenly, it's like, you know, the sun coming out. She still think, bloody hell. And, you know, UEFA are now actually have said that, uh, that their CFCB, whatever that is, I presume it's their financial arm, have asked these clubs for additional financial information and says they will mon- be monitored closely. Hmm. So we have got to watch basically what, what we pay. You know, we've got very high wages. We've got, a, I mean, honestly, we have got a lot of adequate players on high wages, probably more than the worth. Um, excuse me, we haven't got Europe next season. And suddenly, like I say, it's starting to make a little bit of sense, you know. And we can go one of two ways. I mean, we have, I mean, they not only will sort of PSG get that, but they've also um, got to pay 10 million up front for a previous season's breaking of the COVID rules. Now, if your owners, an oil-rich tycoon and what have you, that's nothing. It's, it's pocket change, let's face it. You know, it, it, it'll earn that in a couple of days with the barrels. 
Um, now, unless our owner goes home tonight, digs a hole in the back garden and strikes oil, <laughs> we are not in that sort of, you know, and we never have been in that sort of um, group, if you like. And, you know, that's why when we did win the league, when we were in Europe, and it was a shock because, we, you know, we're not in the same uh, competitive group, if you like. Um, so... Obviously, they knew this was coming up. This has only just come out today, like I say, in the Athletic, so I didn't know. But it is that one of those light bulb moments. And I think now looking, you can see why we haven't gone and, and done much in the in the transfer market, which we probably needed, and Brendan said he's needed. Um, but we've also got 27 players. You can only register 25 for your Premier League squad. So that's two players we've got over that at the, at the start of the window that we couldn't register, but we would have to pay fairly decent wages to. Now, obviously, Casper's gone, and, and that was, and we wish him all the best. That was he was one of the highest earners along with Jamie Vardy. So what we could do one of two things, in fairness, and you're going to re, you've regretted asking me this question now, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, carry on. <laughs> but um, we could do. What Barcelona have done, you know, they bought all these players, and then they had to sort of twiddle the books to um, to get them registered. And I think they ended up selling off a quarter or something of their TV chat, whatever. But they, they, they were, we can't do that. And the other thing we could do is we could have done what Leeds did a few years ago, which was risk getting into Europe. So spend the money, hope we get into Europe. But if we don't, look what happened to Leeds. You know, they were selling players they'd bought like Rio Ferdinand for millions, for thousands in, by comparison. We couldn't afford to do that either. Yeah. Um, so no, we are not going to go bust. We're not in financial difficulty. We've got to be sensible though. And, you know, it's funny because I said this to, to one of my co-hosts the other night on the show. Wouldn't it be funny if it proved that we were actually running the club the right way and all these other big clubs were, <laughs> uh, you know, risking it. And the problem you've got as well, you've not only got Premier League fair play, but you've got, like we've just said, UEFA fair play. And UEFA's fair play is a lot stronger than the, the Premier League. So yeah. that's why we've had to let some players go. Casper was the biggest. I mean, he only had a one year left on his contract anyway. Uh, but that was a big wage off the bill. Uh, we were able to promote from within for the goalies. We've got a third one coming in free from Cardiff. Um, and then we expected to sell Telemans. But Telemans, because that's, that's how we operate. You know, we buy these players in reasonably cheap and we sell them like Maguire at a very expensive profit. Yeah. Um, we don't have to, but it's how we sustain the club and carry on. Because nobody's come in for Tielemans this year, <laughs> uh, because he's not had a very good season. So that kind of, like, buggered the plans up a little bit. And then we had all this Fafana kicking off and causing trouble in the dressing room and what have you. And Brendan spitting his dummy out the pram because he's not allowed to spend any money. Oh, believe it or not, Brendan, part of your job is to manage not whether you have money or not, and you should be able to manage even if you don't buy players in. Let's see how good you a coach you really are. So yeah. it has been a very uneventful but still eventful transfer window in summer, if you get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Forian, news at 10.
<laughs> well, that's, that's a lot of good detail in there, and I think that explains a lot. I know the impression I got was that they were um, just being sensible with finances rather than struggling to keep up. Um, so that is the impression I've got. I think that's what's been reported by general media. So, so that's fair enough. In terms of the, uh, the, the model of um, operation, uh, getting people in relatively cheap or very cheap and then selling them on for a big profit uh, sounds very familiar to us Brighton fans, of course, because we've got yeah. into the loop quite deliberately of doing the same thing. Um, so aside from the problems, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a delicate balance. It's always mm. going to be, isn't it? Because you've got to yeah. the recruitment's got to be good enough in the first place, uh, and you can have some luck and some bad luck, and either with injuries or players that didn't turn out to be what they really should have been. Um, you've got that to start with. Then you've got, as you said, you could have a player due to be sold around about the time you want to sell him has had a, a season out of form or whatever it is. That yeah. could be a problem, and you never know what individual players' attitudes will be like. You could do your no dickheads policy when you recruit originally. But you can still find that someone's being a dickhead when they weren't one. Oh, as we, as we just have, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so there's there's those things to contend with, and of course, as you said, if it's if it's a buyer's market, or if there's just yeah, there's um, if no one wants to buy players, everyone's being cagey. For example, one one window doesn't sound realistic to be honest. But yeah. if that was the case, then again, you've you've you're then prone to those outside forces. So it is a model that works well generally if you've got all your Set up right behind the scenes, and Leicester have been doing things well for quite a good, quite a good number of years now, haven't they? To um, varying degrees of it is, and and as have you, you know, you, you've been. You know, we 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 went out of business once, nearly twice. You've been down that road as well, you know, in in your recent history. Didn't you know you you were groundless? Let's be honest. So we've been there. We know what it's like. Yeah. And if you know, you do well. Your expectations grow. Of course they do as a, as a club, uh, as a fan, sorry. Um, but do I want to risk everything and maybe end up like Derby have done, who sort of threw everything at trying to get in the Premier League, it didn't work, got points deducted. and Do I want that? No. Do I want maybe finishing 17th this season, still being in the Premier League and still having a club? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, because it can go that badly wrong, can't it? The Derby way, um, Wigan actually, um, who were being done really well, managed to get themselves into all sorts of problems. Dodgy owner took it over and, you know, it's, they've managed to get that back on track actually sooner than I thought they would, to be fair. But, yeah. you know, they can, it can spiral downwards and. God. You, well, you like can, I say, we've both been there, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've got, you know, probably similar-sized fan bases overall. Yeah. We've got, you know, similar-sized grounds. You've obviously got a richer history in terms of trophies. Well, you've you've won some. Oh, re- <laughs> yeah. recent history, let's say. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's the yeah. thing, it's yeah. recent. Exactly. Pre that, yeah, not, not re- so much. Recent but... soon becomes the past, doesn't it? As many yeah. United fans will attest at the moment. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. But, um, it, it's, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to carry on building, carry on thinking ahead, planning ahead. As you said, if you, uh, you know, things can change. If you stand still, things, things go uh, wrong. And I, I suppose if you've got a period of, of careful planning and of careful finances for a while, that standing still could be, could be how you actually drop down the table a bit. Do you think that's a little bit of the, the, the Leicester factor at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of fans are taking out on Brendan. And I've got to be honest with you, I my my thoughts on Brendan, uh, a bit like the old bride's underwear on a wedding night, up and down every <laughs> two minutes. I mean, 
I last year I was saying, look, you know, we've had all these injuries, and we had we had over over thirty injuries all season. You know, nine of those were, were, were defensive players. It was, you know, really um, yeah, struggle. And I said, let's give him till next season. And it started this season. And look, we've we've got Arsenal. We've had Arsenal, Chelsea, and Man United. We've got Tottenham next weekend. So that's four of the top six or the big six clubs. You would say we've got in the first six, seven weeks. Yeah. So it was always going to be a difficult start. And in, if I was honest, would I expected much from them? No. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we've only won against Arsenal four times and one of, only one of those was actually at Arsenal. Chelsea, we've only won, uh, beaten them about four times and same with Man United. So when, even when we were, you know, <laughs> well, we weren't beating these teams, but it's the performance and it's the decisions that, you know, Brendan makes, he's in the substitutions, you know, we were, we were one nil down against Man United and he did not make a substitution until the 70th minute. Man United were one nil up and they made a substitution on the 58th and a substitution on the 65th minute. Now, come on, Brendan, you one nil down. I mean, that's where the fans are getting frustrated. Yeah, yeah. The other factors you can understand, um, but it's, it's what they're, what they're doing in the interim. It's interesting. I wouldn't say at all in terms of size or facility, but looking at Bournemouth, obviously Brent Rogers, Scott Parker have both done something similar, which is to say they needed more resources. Um, clearly there was other issues going on behind the scenes at Bournemouth um, for Scott Parker to get sacked after four games, three of which sound pretty similar games to your games. And the, okay, they managed to win the, uh, the first match of the season, but they've, um, there's more at work there. But, uh, all in all, though, you can still possibly get a bit more out of it. You can try and do a bit more, at least. And I, don't, I haven't really looked at Bournemouth games, but looking at yours and from what you've just said, it sounds as if not enough proactivity is going on in match with Brendan there, which is where maybe, uh, do you suppose Leicester fans are looking at that, but also looking at the fact that um, he's been there for some time. I, I don't know how long it is now, Chris. No, he's, he's never been at a club as long as he's been with us. Um, yeah. Four and years? Four, I think it's four. I mean, he had third season syndrome at Liverpool, and yeah. all the Liverpool fans said, oh, wait till you get, you know, and then he's had, he had the same at Celtic. Yeah. Look, I mean, these, these managers are well paid for what they do. Uh, if they get sacked, I have no sympathy with them because they get more in payoff than I will receive in my whole lifetime. So I have no sympathy for any manager they get sacked at this level. Don't get me wrong, it's different as you go down the pyramid, but at this level, the managers are well looked after when they're sacked and will walk into another job. We know that straight away. I mean, Scott Parker, I live just outside Bournemouth. It wasn't that one game. There's like you said, there was a lot going on behind the scenes. Uh, Brendan's got to be very careful. Brendan. He's coming up with excuses and blaming everybody else but himself. Mm. You know, he turns around and says, right, why are we not playing a left-footed defender in the left centre-back role? We're playing a, a, a fourth-choice centre-back who's right-footed in that role. He says, well, I'm not playing Shoyunshu because I'm only playing people that are committed to the club. And he has been linked with, with leaving. But he's playing Tielemans week in, week out. Who's, been, who's wanted to go away, you know, leave. I mean, yeah. Brendan, you know, he, he does talk BS so much. You know, he, he, he said, I think it was against Arsenal or something, that we, that we weren't experienced enough, apparently. And yet, we then lost to Southampton the following week, who had the youngest squad in the Premier League since 2017 of any team. 
you know, of the team that beat Southampton 9-0, 10 players that were in that squad, and not just the sideline, the whole squad, 10 players are still in the squad today. So when you look at that, he's actually made us worse season in, season out. Arteta, for example, has made us look better. You know, he's, he's got Arsenal looking better every season. Brendan's the other way. He's got us looking worse every season. And the fans are getting fed up with it. We, 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 he came in and took over Claude Puel because Claude Puel basically was playing such boring football. That was more exciting than what Brendan Rodgers is playing now. The, the, the word entitlement gets bandied around a lot in the Premier League. My impression of Leicester isn't that that's one of those clubs. So it sounds like these are reasonable objections and that you're not asking for the world. You're just asking for, uh, based on what, what you have got resource-wise, a steady, you know, a steady position in the table, which for mm. me, looking at Leicester is perfectly uh, realistic at, at the least. And obviously, in happens to be good times, it can get, it can be better. Um, so I guess, obviously, if, it, if results carry on this way, there, uh, there's going to be a breaking point. Um, but do you think that, that there's more, just a lot of um, disharmony just vibes under the scenes at the moment rather than out and out calls for him to go? Or do you think people want him to go just for the way, the general direction of travel overall? When, when we look at the squad we've got, and there has been a lot of, with, with Fafana leaving and the way in which he left, you know, five months after signing an extension for his contract. I mean, Chelsea, can I just say, you think you've got him for till 2027. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but so he's, and we know that that went on obviously weeks before because of agents and what have you. So there was a lot of disruption in, in the dressing room. But that said, going back to when we lost to Nottingham Forest in, in February in the FA Cup, and he came out and he blamed the players. He's, he blames everybody else except Brendan. Yeah. Brendan is never at fault. And he has been quite vocal against the owners. Now, our owners are fantastic. Yeah. And unfortunately, we had the crash where we lost, you know, Richai, rest mm-hmm. in peace. Um, you, we would not, we would not doubt their commitment to the club, what they've done for the club, not just the club, the whole county. He has come out top in the um uh in, in this week well the last week sorry the Man United um programme and explained it all. It would have been more helpful if he'd maybe said that at the start of the summer. Yeah. Um and but we know that the ties, you know, the 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 way they're doing the way they do things in Thailand is they're never questioned by the media. You know, the medium, why are you doing that? So it's, I can understand it a little bit, but Brendan has got to be careful that he, he sometimes looks at him and thinking, you're trying to get sacked. <laughs> because he's, you know, you do not complain about your boss in public as much as, as he does. If you were onto social media and was complaining about your boss as, as much, you know, you, you'd have, you'd have you in the office. You'd be on yeah. a written warning, if not out the door. He's yeah. got to be very careful. And unfortunately, at the moment, not many fans would come to his defence because That's it is boring football. Well, maybe that is what he's doing. Maybe he is trying to get well, because the payoff. It wouldn't, surprise, it wouldn't surprise a lot of fans. Compared with getting, resigning from the role, mm. uh, for example, um, you know, it's... well, he gets his payoff if he's if he's sacked, doesn't he? 
Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But I mean, it's a it's a bit of an a bit of an anomaly. I must admit, some fans I chatted to, both Brighton fans and, and general fans, when they said, right, this season, what do we think is going to happen with um, the bottom half of the table? Obviously, the usual thing: the promoted teams are going to have to be careful. Whatever yeah, else, yeah. one or two other people threw in, uh, as they always do, like Southampton, or maybe they'll slip this year. And obviously, Everton, who me. Are, <laughs> that was um, me with Southampton, yeah. <laughs> and there's no coincidence that where they are, they're struggling already. I don't think um, either Frank Lampard or Everton have got very good prospects at the moment. Uh, I genuinely think they might go down for the first mm. time since, well, they've been in there longer than Liverpool, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, and Man United and Spurs and all the others. Um, so that that could be interesting. They're genuinely in danger because when I look at it, I think, well, Forrester spent shed loads of money. Um, there's a hell of a lot of uh, um, a simulation between team teammates to do there. I'm not sure how that's going to go. It's so crazy and off the scale. Who knows? Fulham look like they're a little bit more switched on than last time. Bournemouth are definitely going to go down. But you're looking at who else? You think, well, Villa, maybe, but then maybe they could get their act together. Same with Leeds. I think Leeds could be a danger. Southampton could be a danger. But there's no clear-cut three, four, five clubs that you don't have to worry too much because they're there. This season looks a bit up in the air at the moment. So there's been some weird results, hasn't there? Yeah, <laughs> already. Yeah, yeah. and oh, you know it's a long season. We've got we've only played five games. Yes. As I said, a run of four defeats. Loads of teams have that and don't go down. So I don't think there's anything to debate at this stage. But um, you've obviously got to get things back on track. This the interesting thing is we've got the World Cup coming up. Yeah, which is going to totally split the season in it two. Is. And you're going to have a lot of owners at the start of that World Cup looking at where they are in the table, what's going on. Yeah. Because if they, if, for example, we sacked Rogers or you sacked Potter or whatever, we've then got four weeks to find another manager, bring him in, and he'll have time to get used to the players that haven't gone away to play in the World Cup. Yeah. They then got a couple of games back and then they got the January transfer window. So that would be an ideal time if you're going to sack your manager. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting, and and also the refresh for the players that aren't involved in the World Cup is going to be interesting too. Yeah. Uh, so players that may have got a manager sacked, um, then get a refresh time. Not only do you get the the, the new manager bounce, cliche yeah. thing, but you know you might have that, but you've also got fresher players maybe because um, they're unlikely to get called up. Yes. Get off well. <laughs> exactly. um, more anyway. Um, I'm conscious of time. We've got to wrap it up in a moment, but um. Mm. In terms of just a couple of quick questions for you. I mean, first of all, um, just to mention the head-to-head record, by the way, between us. At the moment, um, you, we've won 14. There's been eight draws. You've won 19. So whatever happens at the weekend, you've still got the edge on us on that. Um, any prediction for the weekend? Because obviously at some point you'll turn this round. There'll be a, an upset. Up, mm. uh, well, the funny thing is I also have a head-to-head. Uh, ready for my show. Um, but mine's only Premier League games. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, cool. that's interesting. Go on, yeah. Well, one? we've played, we've played ten. Um, we've drawn three. Uh, yeah. you've won one and we've won six. Um, three of our wins were away and your one win was at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, I, I've gone. <sighs> I can, I find it hard to predict against my team, to be honest with you. I really do. Um, but I have gone for, I've got to go for Leicester. And this is no disrespect to Brighton. But when you look at, and I know football's not played on paper, but I would, I would have predicted us to beat 
Brentford, I would have predicted us to beat Southampton, and I would have predicted us to, to beat yourselves. And probably lost to Arsenal, Chelsea, and I, I went for a draw against Man United. And I'm sure when you look at it as well, Leicester are one of those teams that you look at and think, yep, this is a game we can win. If you were to play Manchester City this weekend, you'd probably be thinking, oh God, how many, how many is Haaland going to get, you know? <laughs> but, so that's not disrespecting you as a club. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, no, I no. have gone 2-0 for Leicester because this, this is a big game because Brendan said, you know, once the transfer window shut and we, you know, we, we can forget that. We know where we are. There's, you know, nothing we're worrying about. Are we losing? We know where we're going to stand. So he's made all these promises. This, Really is a, is a, this is a, almost a must win if you like. You've got to, yeah, as you said, you've got to turn that round mm. soon, haven't you? The thing We're not I going to turn it around next week against Tottenham. They're getting into form, aren't they now? Kane yeah. in particular. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Brighton is it's a funny one at home because our record, I think it was the third or fourth best in the, in the division mm. last season away from home. Our yeah. home form, particularly due to a couple of long spells with draws and long spell with defeat, um, isn't so good. Um, and this season, although we finished last season quite well, we obviously thrashed Man U, which was very satisfying yeah. and I came behind, that. which is a, another unusual thing for us uh, to, to do at home and, and beat West Ham. But this season we've started in the same manner as the typical, typical thing for last year, which is, um, dominated against Newcastle, should have beaten them by a couple of goals, nil nil. Leeds, same as against Leeds last season, uh, dominated, um, should have beaten them two nil, managed to beat them one nil. So we're not, we, somehow we still struggle at home. So anything's possible. I think that particular cycle might break again. So I'm going to go for a two nil win to Brighton, actually. I've got last week's wrong, the Fulham game. Um, but I have done quite well with predictions. We'll see which, which one the, the, the recent form or the overall form, uh, pays out on this one for me. But, um, well, well, in the prediction league, I've got one point from five games. But I mean, quite honestly, I've got no idea with this one because Leicester are capable of, a result mm. point. We are very unpredictable at home. Um, I think we're good away. I'd, I'd be more confident playing you at your place than at ours, actually, despite the Premier League record between us. But who knows? Who knows? But it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, the other thing to quickly mention, so talking about where the bottom of the table is, the Midland sides in general struggling this season so far. It's interesting. Um, it's obviously just a, a coincidence, I'm assuming, but there's got to be a bit of a rivalry as well between you guys in terms of trying to finish top of the tree in that regard. We've never really had much of a rivalry with Wolves and Villa. The mm. rivalry is there because they were the only other Midlands teams that have been in the Premier League recently. Yeah. Um, more, more, uh, more uh, Derby and Forest. It is, it is. Yeah. And Forest obviously are back this season. Um, yeah. They've bought virtually every football player that's available. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, if, if, I just want to finish above them. That's the thing. Okay. Can I yeah. just say, can I just say, I, that was, I did, I did do well with the 6-0 versus, uh, that was the one I got right. I went 6-0 for Man City versus, uh, <laughs> Tottenham Forest. So well done, Man City. We love you. <laughs> Brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, on that note, um, we'll, well, I'll bid you farewell. We're going on to your one next, aren't we? So uh, we, we are on hours, yeah. I'm going to start and just go through some bits, and then yourself and my colleague will jump on yep. 20 past seven-ish. Okay. And uh, 
Well, uh, well, we will talk, mention and talk all the same again. Yes, we will. Yes. So, Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Um, and I will speak to you again soon, very soon. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Cheers, as always. Bye. Yes, thank you. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.